Welcome to the Royal Ramble Wrestling Podcast on this Friday. Yes, on this Friday. A little bit of a throwback style for you guys on itsyourradio.com. I am your host, Brian Sendick. With me, as always, is the co-host, Ryan Mortarau. Ryan, how you doing, my friend? Hey, Brian. I'm doing pretty good, man. How about you? Doing pretty good myself. That's right, people. We are recording this podcast on a Friday. A little bit of a throwback for you guys. Uh, before we got on to Stitcher and iTunes, myself and Ryan would do the show every Wednesday and Friday. But, of course, we moved to Thursdays now because we were on Stitcher and iTunes. But, yes, yeah, a little bit of a throwback for you guys. Happy Friday uh, here, April 21st, 2017. It's your radio.com. It is the Royal Ramble Wrestling Podcast. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today, Ryan, for the next two hours. A lot has gone on recently in the world of professional wrestling, and a lot is going to go on this upcoming weekend. Of course, we're going to give you guys our weekly recap of Raw, SmackDown Live, and NXT as both shows are moving along to their different looks in their roster shakeup, of course. Um <coughs> Also, we got to talk about some news going on in Ring of Honor and TNA. We haven't talked a lot about those companies recently, but they're in the news uh, this past week. Uh, Ring of Honor, of course, are gearing up for their War of the Worlds tour. As the past couple of days on their Twitter page, they have been announcing which certain Japanese superstars are going to take part in this tour. So we're going to give our thoughts on that. Last night, TNA made quite a bit of noise as they... Uh, crowned a new X Division, X Division champion, a very familiar name to those who love independent wrestling, made his return to TNA last night, becoming the new champion. We'll give our thoughts on that. And we have a crazy weekend for you guys in the wrestling world. Uh, of course, if you're around the New York area, Evolve 82 and Evolve 83 will be taking place this weekend. I both believe will be in New York. I know tomorrow's show, Evolve 82, will take place at the Laboom Nightclub. I'm not sure exactly where Evolve 83 will be, but I do believe it's also in New York. Some good matches going on that sh- those two shows, so we're going to make our predictions for that. And tonight... Pro Wrestling Gorilla is back with their new show, Game Over Man. Another great card tonight. Some big matches going on, so we're going to make our predictions for that as well. Before we get into all the news and stuff, we got to give you guys, of course, our social media accounts. If you want to follow us for on Twitter, you can follow us at Royal Ramble IYR. If you want to follow myself and Ryan personally, you can follow me, B underscore Senec95. For Ryan, it's at Ryan underscore Martirano. You can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Royal Ramble Wrestling and follow us on the Instagram as well at Royal Ramble Wrestling. And again, guys, if you happen to miss us live here on itsyourradio.com, you can always subscribe to our show on Stitcher and on iTunes. Give us a subscribe button. We do a lot of good stuff for you guys. So let's jump right into it with our weekly recap, of course, of Raw, SmackDown Live, and NXT. We'll start with Monday Night Raw. Uh, as of late, Ryan, I got to admit, man, Raw has put together some pretty solid shows. Not great shows. But pretty solid stuff. I mean, 
they've done together some good stuff as of late. There's still some stuff they have to work on when it comes to booking decisions, direction of characters. But as of late, they've been a lot better than what than what they were last year. And one of the biggest reasons why their shows have been so good as of late is because of one certain guy, and his name is Braun Strowman, a guy that really has made a name for himself for the past couple of months. He has been such a good talent overall. And for the past two weeks specifically, man, he has made two memorable moments for the fans and for the WWE itself. Of course, last week at the Nassau Coliseum, he, of course, annihilated Roman Reigns so bad that he became the biggest babyface in the company. Even though, yes, storyline-wise, he's supposed to be the heel and Roman Reigns is supposed to be the face... To us fans who despise Roman Reigns, it's the opposite. Roman is the heel, and Braun is the big baby face. He made a name for himself at that moment. And then this past Monday on Raw, he made a vent of the show with the big show. No pun intended. Uh, and to end the show and the end the match, he did the trademark suplex off the top rope that broke the ring. This has happened three times in the history of the WWE, and in all three times, Big Show was a part of it. Brock Lesnar was the first, Mark Henry was the second, and now Braun Strowman was the third. But what made this one so memorable, Ryan, and I think you know where I'm going with this one, is that when that spot happened, when Braun landed the superplex off the top rope and the ring broke, just watch what happened to the referee. Alright? For the first two ones, the referee stayed in the ring. When the ring collapsed. He didn't fly out of the ring. He stayed in the ring. This time around, whoever the ref was, when that ring broke crying, when the ref fell out of the ring the way they did, the way he did, it was incredible. And a lot of people thought that, oh, that was a good acting job by the referee. He saw that perfectly. I'm not so sure about that, people. I don't think the ref was, was ready for that. I think that happened just out of nowhere. I don't think the ref planned to do that. I just think the way the ring broke and the position that the ref was in, he literally fell out of the ring the way he did. But it made for a memorable moment. And when you look back at what Braun Strowman has done for the past couple of months, and there's recent rumors going around that this guy is ready to get that big push for the world championship. He's scheduled to be facing Roman Reigns, of course, at Payback. And you would think, when you look at it, and you think of what the booking decision could be, you would think that, all oh, easily, Roman Reigns is going to go over Braun Strowman because Roman Reigns is the top guy in the company. Well, the recent rumor says that it's going to be Braun going over Roman Reigns. And then after that match is done, Braun's going to be moving on to a world title feud with Brock Lesnar. Now, do I believe that? Not necessarily because I still find it hard to believe that Braun Strowman is going to go over the face of the company and Roman Reigns, whether we like it or not, Roman Reigns is going to be the face of the company. I've said that a thousand times. But when you look at the current booking decisions they've got with Braun Strowman and the direction that he's going in, in, into Ryan, Vince has no choice but to give Braun Strowman this opportunity. He is too red hot right now. And he is too damn good right now. He's got so much momentum that you cannot prevent this guy of having a title shot with Brock Lesnar. You just can't do it. You can't sit here and have this happen. You can't have Braun Strowman look dominant every single week. And then in the very end, he doesn't get what he deserves. All right? You just can't do that. They made that one mistake already. When his first match with Roman Reigns out of pay-per-view was at Fastlane. Braun looked dominant the weeks leading up to Fastlane. But in the very end, it was Roman that came out on top. 
and Braun Strowman was then stuck in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. They made a mistake that time. This time, you cannot make that same mistake, all right? You have Braun Strowman, the night after WrestleMania, get into the face of Brock Lesnar, basically challenging him to a world title match. The next week, you have Braun completely destroy Roman Reigns. One of the biggest beatdowns you will ever see in the history of the WWE. It was very memorable. And then this past week, you have him superplex the big show, breaking the ring. This guy is making a name for himself every single week. He is dominant right now. The fans are digging this guy. He's making a name for himself that he could be the top guy on the Raw brand. You cannot do you cannot have Roman Reigns go over this guy this time around. You just can't do it. So I'm hoping that the rumors stay true and that Braun goes over Roman Reigns. Because if Roman goes over Braun again, then what's the point of pushing this guy the way you're pushing him when he's not gonna get that opportunity in the very end? Alright? You're just killing yourselves. You're wasting all this time making Braun look dominant. But in the very end, you're not going to push this guy. It makes no sense. So hopefully, that's where they go. But you got to admit, Ryan, in the very beginning when Braun Strowman started and when he made his appearance as the newest member of the Y family, I never thought that this guy would be that good. All right, I thought he would be one of those one of those typical Y guys that just doesn't go anywhere. And yes, you saw the potential that he had, but the problem was he was basically, you know. Out of, you know, he, he was in the shadow of Bray Wyatt. He needed to separate himself from Bray Wyatt. They did that at the brand split. And I got to admit as well, if there's one thing that Raw has done perfectly from the beginning of the brand split to now is that they have booked Braun Strowman the right way he should be booked as a dominant behemoth monster. So continue, Raw, to roll with this guy and give him the opportunity. Like I said... Even though the rumors say that he's going to go over Roman Reigns, how could you believe that when in years past, Roman has always gone over his opponent? Hopefully things change this time, and they should change because Braun deserves this opportunity. But man, like I said before, Roy has been very solid as of late, and the biggest reason why has got to be the impact of Braun Strowman. Absolutely. I mean, the guy's a star. He is an absolute star, like you said. And uh, who knew he was capable of such potential like this? I mean, rumors, you know, were circulating for years about Braun Strowman being the next guy, beating Brock Lesnar, possibly facing The Undertaker at WrestleMania. And we all thought that was crazy. I mean, we were reading those rumors and we were just outraged by it because we just could not see what Vince McMahon saw in this guy. Uh, but now we're finally seeing it. Like you said, this guy is a—he's a star. He—he he really is, and he's only going to be getting better and better from here on out. I mean, I can't wait to see where this goes. Uh, I mean, this guy deserves to be the champion at some point. Uh, I mean, really, I wonder how his match with Brock Lesnar is going to go whenever that does happen, probably around the summertime. I'm really curious to see what happens there because with the momentum that this guy has right now, how could you not consider putting the belt on him? I mean, for God's sake, you know, the Universal Championship obviously not going to be featured on the show now that Brock Lesnar's holding it, but why not just put it on Braun Strowman at this point? Because the guy is... Literally the most must-see segment on Raw week after week, and he continues to prove that. Like you said, that the ring-breaking thing, we've seen it done plenty of times. This is nothing new if you've been watching wrestling for years. This is nothing new. We've seen it happen before. But this was such a cool spot. It was so memorable. I mean, I love the fact that, you know, never mind, you know, the, the ref uh, flying out of the ring. That was hilarious. But just the fact that, like, after 
you know, uh, Braun does the superplex to Big Show, and they're just both laying in the ring, and everybody comes in, the refs and you know, whoever was around ringside. And then after Braun gets up, he actually stands up and just throws his hands in the air. I mean, you know, the last time we seen that happen, we didn't see that, you know, we didn't see anybody get up. Basically, the, the show went off the air, and that was it. But this time, man, Braun got up after that. I mean, after the ring breaks and, and showing his true strength. I mean, he is just something, let me tell you. Uh, you know, like you said, Brian, who knew that this guy was capable of this? But now we're finally seeing it. And, you know, just the way he opens up the show, going face-to-face with Kurt Angle. You know, uh, you know Angle, you know, he basically said he wanted more competition, which is great. Again, this is what we need. You can't have a guy backing down all the time. Uh, I know we, we saw that happen with him, you know, numerous times already before, but hopefully from, from here on out, they don't do that anymore. The guy wants competition. He should be running through everybody in his path. That's how dis- dominant this guy is. Um, you know, like you said, with the match with Roman Reigns coming up, I truly believe Braun is going to go over this time because how could he not at this point? I mean, if Braun loses, everything you've built towards is basically gone. He cannot afford another clean loss to Roman Reigns. He, he, he cannot. I mean, maybe the match goes, you know, gets thrown out by disqualification or something, but he cannot lose clean. He cannot lose clean because everything they built towards would just be gone. So I truly believe this time he is going to go over. I hope he goes over uh, because, you know, if they want to do him and Brock somewhere down the line, he can't be losing to Roman Reigns on a pay-per-view like that, uh, you know, ever again. So we'll see what happens from there on out. But, yeah, I mean, every week Braun Strowman is the star of the show. And it's basically become the reason why I tune in is to see what Braun does next. So I loved what he did this past Monday. And like I said, from here on out, he needs to be booked just the way he is right now. Uh, Like I said, no more clean losses to guys like Roman Reigns. And for those who are a part of the Roman Reigns fan club, this let's say Braun does go over Roman Reigns at payback. This will not kill Roman Reigns the way it would kill Braun Strowman. Like you said, Ryan, if they have Braun Strowman lose this match to Reigns at payback, then everything they built up to now is gone. And Braun will not look great in it, alright? If Roman Reigns loses to Braun cleanly, it doesn't kill Roman Reigns. Because guess what? Roman Reigns is always going to be around, alright? He's at that point now where it doesn't matter if Roman wins or loses. The guy will still be in the same spot he's always been in. With Braun's case, you can't do that. Even though, yes, how could you not look at this guy as always in the main event scene? I get that. But still, Braun Strowman is still trying to make a name for himself in this business. All right, Roman Reigns has already made a name for himself in this business. Yes, a lot of fans don't like him. But you can't deny that he's made a name for himself. Braun is not there yet. I think once Braun starts beating credible opponents like Roman and possibly Brock Lesnar and become the champion, that's when Braun makes a name for himself. He's not there yet. He's on the cusp of making a name for himself. But if he can't beat Roman Reigns, then then what's the point of pushing this guy when you're not going to have him go over a guy like Roman or even a guy like Brock Lesnar? I completely agree with you, Ryan. Forget about Brock Lesnar's title run. Take the belt off of Brock and put it on Braun Strowman, all right? To not see the Universal title on Raw Weekly, you're damaging the championship. And that's why I hate the fact that part-timers carry world titles like that. Because we all know that that belt will not be seen on television every single week. It's absurd. That belt should be on television Every single week. Not saying it should be defended every week, but we have to see the belt 
on Raw every single week. And we're not going to get that with Brock Lesnar because he's a part-timer. That's why I'm not in favor of part-timers holding championships. All right? I don't mind part-timers making their appearances. I don't mind part-timers coming in and, put, and, and be a part of big matches. But when they go over certain superstars, basically the um, the hardworking full-timers, and when they win championships, then that's where I say, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. Those part-timers don't don't deserve those opportunities, all right? They had those opportunities back in their heyday, all right? Their time is done. It's time for the future. And Braun Strowman is a part of that future, all right? He's going to be a part of this company for a very long time, and he's going to be a dominant force in this company. So, again, you know, I... WWE cannot screw this up, all right? They almost did back at Fastlane when they had Roman go over Braun Strowman. Roman went on to main event WrestleMania, faced The Undertaker, and Braun was stuck in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. They made that one mistake. They can't make that same mistake now. They got Roman, they got Braun Strowman back with a lot of momentum. Roll with it. Push this guy. He deserves the opportunity. And if he beats Roman Reigns at payback, which could happen, but which also cannot happen... Then I, and I feel confident in his chances versus Brock Lesnar. Now, when it comes to the match with Brock Lesnar, if they have Brock Lesnar do what he's done to a lot of other full-timers, and that is constantly suplex the guy and just dominate him, then again, what's the point of pushing Braun Strowman the way you're pushing Braun Strowman? If he does face Brock Lesnar, which I believe he will, you got to have Braun give Brock a battle, all right? Because again, Ryan, other than the part-timers, who was the last full-timer that actually took Brock to the limit? The last guy I can think of is CM Punk back in 2013 at SummerSlam. That was the last time where I saw a full-timer give Brock the battle of his life, alright? Now, yes, he's had his battles with Taker and Goldberg, but like I said, those are part-timers. I'm talking about full-timers. And you look at the list of guys that Brock has faced... Guys like Cena, he is just, just demolished. Guys like Roman, he's demolished. Guys like Seth and Dean, demolished. You can't have Brock do that same thing to Braun Strowman. All right? You just can't. All right? Braun's bigger than Brock. He's strong. I'm not sure if he's stronger than Brock, but he's bigger in size, bigger in physicality. If you have Brock dismantled this guy, then what's the point then? It, it makes no sense. So, again, that's a conversation safe for later, but... If they do go that route with Braun versus Brock, you cannot have Brock do to Braun than what he does to guys like Roman, Seth, Dean, Cena, etc. You can't do that. This has to be a different type of match. Now, yes, I'm not saying that you know Gold, uh, Brock should stop with the suplexes. No, he should continue with the suplexes. But don't have him go out of his way to do that many suplexes. All right, It doesn't make sense. You need to have Braun get to Brock, and give him a beating. Like what CM Punk did back at SummerSlam. Let Braun get the best. Don't let Brock just demolish Braun throughout the entire match. But again, it's a conversation safe for later. But again, with the way Braun has been booked lately, you got to be very happy to see where this guy is going. And hopefully in the very end, he gets the big payoff and becomes champion. Yeah, let's hope so. Like you said, I mean, it's ridiculous to see Brock Lesnar uh, holding this universal title in the first place. But again, if he dominates Braun Strowman in, in the match that uh, those two are going to have, I, I mean, again, it just goes back to the point that I just said. What was the point of them building Braun into this monster? And basically everything that they've done up until this point would be gone. I mean, Brock Lesnar is not a guy who's going to be around for the next couple of years. I mean, I I'm pretty sure his contract is coming up soon. 
Uh, I don't know exactly when, but it's got to be coming up soon at some point. I mean, I know he signed uh, like a multi-year deal on not too long ago, uh, so it should be coming up on that date. I don't know if they're going to re-sign him again. To be honest, I'd say the hell with Brock. I know they're not going to do that because Brock is a big name. He draws a lot of money. But, man, I cannot wait until the day that Brock Lesnar is not in the WWE anymore because we do not have to deal with problems like this. Because how can we sit here and think to ourselves that it's going to be different this time around because it's Braun Strowman. We can't. We don't know. Because up until this point, nobody, like you said, has gotten the best of Brock Lesnar. It's been the same thing after, you know, Suplex City, Suplex City, Suplex, 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 Suplex. It's the same crap with him. He can't take Braun Strowman to Suplex City and beat him, and that's it. There's not a chance. No way in hell. Braun Strowman really needs to give Brock Lesnar a run for his money here. And you know what? To be quite honest, if Braun Strowman beats Brock Lesnar, that does so much for Braun. That literally solidifies his future and makes him even a bigger star than he already is. It doesn't hurt Brock in any way, losing to a guy like Braun Strowman. I don't know if WWE is going to do it, but man, I would absolutely have Braun go over Brock Lesnar and become champion because this guy deserves it. After all the hard work he's put in, after everything he's done lately, he deserves to hold this championship belt. Uh, I mean, it's just, again, I can't really sit here and say it's going to happen. I actually fear for that match because I don't know what is going to happen. But boy, would that be great if that actually does happen. If it doesn't happen now, it's got to happen somewhere down the line. Braun definitely deserves the world title. Uh, but again, I can't deny that this guy's been the star of the show week after week after week. And he's created some must-see television on Monday Night Raw, which is good because sitting through three hours of that really does get tiring. But Braun Strowman makes it worth it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the star of the show, basically, Monday Night Braun uh, is what they should recall it. Because, like I said, at week after week, he continues to shine. I like that. That's pretty good, man. It's pretty catchy. So, uh, <laughs> moving on to uh, some other stuff that happened on Raw. Uh, Alexa Bliss is now the new number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship. I mean, good for her. I mean, it just shows you how... How great Alexa Bliss is. I mean, it just shows you how dependable the company is on Alexa Bliss. I mean, you know, she started out slow in NXT. She was a face to begin with. And then once the heel turn came, she formed that little alliance with Blake and Murphy. We started seeing a lot out of her, specifically on the microphone. I mean, she's always had the in-ring acumen. I mean, yeah, she's gotten better than what she has than what she looked like in NXT, but what's really put her to the top is her charisma. She is one of the most charismatic female competitors that the WWE has right now, maybe the second most charismatic behind Charlotte. You can make a debate about that. Bliss has been absolutely awesome on the microphone, and you can just tell that she's going to be a big-time star on the Raw brand. You know, her second week on Raw, and she's already going for the Raw Women's Championship just shows you how much faith WWE has in Bliss, that she could put that she could be in these situations and fight for the championship. Now, the unfortunate part is that I don't see her going over Bailey because I still have the belief that Sasha Banks is going to be the one to dethrone Bailey. And personally, she should be the one to dethrone Bailey. Not Alexa Bliss, no disrespect. But they have something working here with Sasha and Bailey. They are great friends, of course, but we're still waiting for that eventual heel turn. And the recent rumor is that that's going to happen. At some point in the summer, not right now, she's going to be working a feud I heard with, uh, I think it's Mickey James or somebody else. I'm not sure who Sasha is supposed to face. But at some point in the summer, around July, August, leading up to SummerSlam, that's where we're going to see Sasha turn heel. 
and then she'll probably face uh, Bailey for the Raw for the Raw Women's Title at SummerSlam. And personally, that's the way they should go. I mean, if you're gonna have Sasha turn heel and beat Bailey for that championship, SummerSlam is the absolute perfect place to do it. And for this reason, why not only is it the second biggest show of the year behind WrestleMania, or you can make a case for the Royal Rumble as second biggest show, but just imagine this. You know, don't forget SummerSlam this year is back at Barclays Center. And two years ago, at Takeover Brooklyn, Bailey beat Sasha Banks for the Raw for the NXT Women's Championship. How sweet would it be for Sasha to get her revenge by beating Bailey for the Raw Women's title? At the same building, Bailey beat Sasha for the NXT Championship. The story's right there to, to tell people, alright? That's a perfect story. Just have Sasha turn heel and she goes, you know what? I'm going to do what you did to me at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. I'm going to take your championship away from you. And I'll make your life a living hell. That's the way they should go with the storyline. But right now, Bliss is the number one contender. Her program with Bailey should be pretty good for the for the next couple of months. She's not going to win the belt. I just don't see it happening. So for all those Bliss fans that have the confidence she's going to win, I hate to break it to you. It's not going to happen for the simple reason only is that it's going to be Sasha beating Bailey, and like I said before, if there's anybody on that Raw women's division that should beat Bailey for that belt, it should be Sasha Banks. The story's there. They have the history. It's right there to tell a great story. And again, in the summer, have Sasha turn heel, turn on Bailey, go after that Raw Women's Championship, and win it at SummerSlam. That is the best story to tell. So hopefully, they run with that storyline. But as of right now, Bliss is now working with Bailey, so that should be good to see. Uh, Chris Jericho. Samoa Joe uh, had a matchup. Uh, Joe won the match, I believe. I forgot what happened with that match. Seth Rollins came out, cut a good promo. Uh, they are official for payback. That should be a very fun match. With Jericho's situation with Kevin Owens, though, it, it's tough to tell a story when two guys are on different shows, basically. I mean, again, you know, I, I like the fact that they went with this roster shakeup, but the problem that I had, and I mentioned it on last week's podcast, is that. It was a bad time to do this. You, you can't have a roster shakeup in the middle of a pay-per-view buildup. You just can't do it. When you have two guys facing each other on a pay-per-view, but in the middle of this build, you have them separate. You have them on separate shows. How can you tell a good story? You just can't. You can't do it. So, you know, this Jericho Owens match, which I'm looking forward to because these two guys have good chemistry. It's been a good story to tell. You know, they were best friends. They had the Festival of Friendship. Owens betrays Jericho, blah, blah, blah. There's a good story to tell here, but with this certain match at Payback, the story is not that great because both Owens and Jericho are on separate shows. They should have saved this roster shakeup after Payback. Plain and simple. After Payback... You can focus on new storylines, but no, you do it in the middle of the payback buildup, and it's hurting some specific matches like Owens and Jericho. So that's a problem that I have. Again, the match of payback between Owens and Jericho should be a good one, but the buildup is not going to be that strong simply because they're not on the same show, and that's a big problem. You can't do a storyline with two guys on different shows. You just can't do it. They have to be face-to-face with each other in some sort of confrontation, whether it's physically, mentally, or on the microphone, to see them on separate shows and trying to build a storyline, it's just not going to work out. But again, you know, again, WWE wants to do their own way, but I, I just disagree with the decision to do this, this shake-up during a build-up to a pay-per-view. So again, Billy versus Bliss should be some good stuff. 
Owens and Jericho are still on for payback, but again, the storyline is just not going to be that strong because both guys are on different shows. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's 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 true. Like I said, we went over this last week when we were talking about this um, superstar shakeup, how it came at a bad time, and this is why. It's because the build-up towards these matches are a mess. But uh, you know what? The pay-per-view is going to be here before we know it. I believe it's next Sunday, so we'll get it over with, and then we'll, you know, actually start to see some of these feuds go head-to-head uh, because then it'll be, you know, the separate brands and, you know, each guy will be on their separate show. Uh, but, you know, Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens, that story's already there. Really don't need much build-up towards it. I mean, we know, you know, we knew Chris Jericho had to get his rematch after losing the United States Championship. Again, the storyline is there. We, we've seen this happen leading up to WrestleMania already. So that's why I guess they're not putting too much uh, investment into this. Uh, it's going to sell. It's going to be a good match. Jericho's not going to win, but... Uh, you know, again, he needed his rematch after losing this belt. I'm looking forward to Samoa Joe and Seth Rollins because we have yet to see that. We were supposed to see that back at uh, Fastlane, uh, and then Seth Rollins got hurt, obviously. But pumped to see it now. Again, it makes sense that this match is happening at payback. It's only fitting, uh, you know, Seth Rollins will get his payback on Samoa Joe for hurting him. So I'm really looking forward to that. I think that build uh, will be very, very good. So that match should be good. And like you said, Alexa Bliss becoming number one contender to Bayley's championship is awesome. I mean, uh, I'm a big fan of Alexa Bliss. Who knew she had the potential that she has uh, when she was down in NXT? But ever since the brand split happened, she has been one of the biggest stars to break out in the WWE. And uh, you just goes to show, like you said, how high they are on her. Uh, you know, her first night on Raw, basically in a big-time match like this, and she becomes number one contender now. If I was putting money down, I would have thought that Nia Jax would have easily become the number one contender. Uh, I thought that's the direction they were going in, by the way Nia Jax has just been dismantling every woman in her path lately. But they didn't. They went the different route, and they put Alexa Bliss in the spot, which is very, very interesting. So uh, whether she wins or not, it's great to see her get this opportunity because I felt like she would be lost in the shuffle with girls like Mickey James and Sasha Banks and even Nia Jax on Raw right now uh, in bigger spots than her. But, hey, Alexa Bliss just leapfrogged everybody, and now she's number one contender. So great to see, like I said, whether she wins or loses, it's great to see her in the spot because she absolutely deserves it. So, I mean, uh, other than that, I thought Raw was pretty solid, you know. Uh, like you said, Brian, for the past couple of weeks, it hasn't been a chore to sit through like it has the past couple of months. So that's good. That's definitely some improvement. We'll see where they go. Like I said, you know, heading into this pay-per-view and coming out of this pay-per-view with all their new stars on there. And then all the focus will just be on the next raw pay-per-view. I mean, and other stuff that happened on the show, uh, Finn Balor is okay. That's great to hear because we've heard the rumor that he suffered a concussion after his match with Jinder Mahal. He got punched in the face, basically. Had a concussion, but he was able to wrestle against Kurt Hawkins, won that match. So it's good to see that he's fine. It's good to see that he's going to be wrestling. It's not like he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. He's good to go. But right now, they're going to have to figure out how to put a story together with Finn Balor because I don't think him squashing wrestlers is not the right way to go for Finn Balor. I know, yes, you want to get Finn back on the winning track, but people are anticipating this guy to be a part of a big storyline because, look, he debuted in a big way. He was a number one contender for the Universal title on the first night of Raw. He was on Raw. He won the belt at SummerSlam. Unfortunately, he had to relinquish the belt because of injury. People are, ha- are have high expectations for Finn, 
And I just think, you know, they're taking the slow path, which I really can't disagree with. But still, you want to see Finn do something. And him going over jobbers like Kurt Hawkins may not be the best move. So we'll see what they do with Finn Balor. I mean, there's definitely some skepticism about him as an injury-prone guy. Hopefully, they don't see him that way, Finn. You know, look, he's had some injuries already on the main roster, but both of them were not his fault. Just uh, unfortunate incidents. Uh, of course, Mahal has to be a lot more careful in the ring. Not sucker punch. Not sucker punching a guy made no sense. The Seth Rollins situation is what it is. It was just a bad accident. So hopefully Finn can stay healthy, and because we all know when he's healthy, he is a tre- tremendous asset for the WWE roster. Uh, Dean and Miz back at each other. Not a fan of it. We saw this enough on SmackDown. We don't. We don't need. We do not need to see this crap on Raw. Not a fan of it. Again, you know, I just wish that the Miz stayed on SmackDown. He's more of a SmackDown guy to me than a Raw guy. And when you see him feuding with Dean Ambrose, you just might have to sit there and say Miz is the only high, the only high spot that Miz is going to go to is as a Mick Carter. And I don't think that's fair to Miz with the year that this guy had last year. Miz deserves another opportunity for a wild title opportunity. Some may disagree, but again, just look what this guy has done, man. He just like, you know, going back to the brand split, Alexa Bliss has become a breakout star. So has The Miz. Even though, yes, The Miz has been there for a long time. He's had a lot of success. He had a breakout 2016. Nobody thought that The Miz was going to be that damn good in 2016 the way he was. So, again, him versus Ambrose, again, not in favor of it. And that was basically it with, with the Raw show. I mean, like you said, Ryan, um, uh, they have been putting together some better shows as of late, you know, for a couple of reasons. Braun Strowman's been a star on the show. You know, Seth Rollins is finally healthy. He's starting his feud with uh, Samoa Joe. You had the roster shakeups, some new names coming in, new faces. So it's going to refresh the Raw brand. They needed this, and so did SmackDown. And we'll jump into SmackDown right now, uh, what took place this past Tuesday. Uh, it was a, you know, a decent show. I mean... I wasn't a big fan of it, but it was overall decent. The big thing that took place on SmackDown, and we have to talk about this, is what would happen in the Battle Royal to determine the number one contender for the World Championship. So, on the WWE.com website, they announced that there's going to be a Battle Royal. Whoever wins this Battle Royal is going to be the next number one contender for the World Championship after Randy is done with Bray Wyatt. Okay, good to see that we're going to know who will be Randy's next opponent after Bray. The list of talent in the match was not that great. You had Luke Harper, Eric Rowan, Sami Zayn, Mojo Rawley, Dolph Ziggler, Jinder Mahal, and um, looking back at the names, and uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, Rawley, Ziggler, Harper, Rowan, Mahal, and Sami Zayn. All right, not the greatest list of talent, but good enough. Uh, I was convinced that um, Mojo was going to win that match. The way they've been pushing Mojo, I thought that this guy was going to freaking win, but he did not. Uh, I also thought there was a good chance that Luke Harper was going to win. I wasn't convinced Sammy was going to win, was not. Even though, yes, Sammy deserves the opportunity, he's not there yet. He should be doing some other stuff before he gets into the world title picture. But in the very end, the winner of this battle royal was none other than Jinder Mahal. Now... Here's what I think about this, because you know, Ryan, that I was not a big fan of this. I was not a big fan of Jinder Mahal winning this match for a couple of reasons. Number one, I mean, this guy a week ago almost took out your top star with a concussion, all right? Fortunately, Finn's okay, but still, a sucker punch almost landed Finn Balor back on the sidelines. So you have that happen, but a week later, you give this guy a title opportunity. Now, I understand why... 
they're giving him this opportunity. And they've made it clear that they want to expand their company to India. And they want a figure to be the face, you know, to basically lead India. You know, to be a role model for uh, Indians who want to be in the WWE. And Jinder Mahal is, of course, from India. He's got ties to India. And he is the face to be that guy. So I understand why they're doing it. For market for, for marketing, basically. They wanna, you know, make some noise for the fans in India. They wanna show, you know, Indi- the Indian fans that hey, one of your guys is fighting for the world championship. That's great. The reason why I hate this, Ryan, is that Jinder Mahal is not a believable contender for Randy Orton. If he was a believable contender, then I would have no problem with it. Alright? If this guy here's the problem, Ryan. When he came back to the WWE over the summer, he was brought back to come. Uh, he was brought in to come back to be part of this brand split. The guy has only won two television matches, Ryan. It wasn't like this guy since coming back is undefeated. No, he's won two television matches ever since he returned over the summer. So you, so this guy has basically been a jobber since he came back. And now, just out of nowhere, he's going to be the number one contender for the World Championship? Really? That doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. A lot of fans are happy about this because, again, it's an opportunity given to somebody that we we never thought would get the opportunity. And that's great that Jinder is getting the opportunity. SmackDown is keeping their word. It's the land of opportunity. Mohal, the number one contender, proves that statement. But, again, the problem is, Ryan, this guy has showed nothing to earn that opportunity. He only has two uh, two television wins since the brand split. So with that being the case, why should this guy deserve the opportunity when he has made no significant impact whatsoever? I'm sorry. He doesn't deserve the opportunity right now. I'm not saying he should never get an opportunity. I'm not saying that. All right. If this guy puts together a winning streak, develops some sort of charisma and becomes a top-notch heel, then yes, give him the opportunity. But right now, Ryan, he's not at that stage. Now, he could be a very good heel, all right? All right, he's got the ties to India. He acts like a heel. He's got a mean-looking face. He has the chance to be a very good heel. But again, the problem is that this guy, from this point to the summer, has done absolutely nothing to earn that opportunity. He is not... A believable challenger for, for Randy Orton. That's the case. He's not a believable challenger for Randy Orton. They did not build up Jinder Mahal. They just did not. This guy should have been built up. They didn't do that. He was a jobber for many months. And now, just out of nowhere, he's going to get the opportunity to face Randy Orton for the World Championship. Let alone, that could be the main event of your pay-per-view. Now, I'm not convinced it's going to be because Owens and Styles are going to be on that same show facing each other. And I'm sorry, you can't tell me that Mahal and Orton are going last after Styles and Owens. Not happening. But still, Jinder Mahal facing Randy Orton for the World Championship on a pay-per-view, to me, is stupid because WWE didn't do their job in building Jinder Mahal as a legitimate threat for that championship. Now, they still have that opportunity for the next couple of weeks. But still, though, I mean, Ryan, how can I sit here and believe that Jinder Mahal is a legitimate threat to that championship when this guy, since coming back to the WWE in the summer, has only two freaking 
television wins. It makes no sense. To me, the guy that I would pick was Luke Harper. Because I know Luke Harper could give Randy Orton a, a great match. He can he could be a, a legitimate threat to Randy Orton. Not Jinder Mahal. He's not at that point. They didn't build up Jinder Mahal. They rushed this. Now, the, the report was that it was going to be Rusev, which I would have been fine with because Rusev deserves the opportunity. But he's still out of action with a shoulder injury. So, they went with Jinder Mahal. Again, I'm not going to sit here... Destroy Jinder Mahal for who he is. He's a good talent, all right? Yes, I wasn't all that pleased of what he did to Finn Balor, but still, he's a good talent. But I'm just not happy that WWE rushed this. Build this guy up. If you have so much, if you want to push this guy, build him up. Don't rush his push. And that's what exactly what they did. They're rushing it. You can't do that. Build this guy up. And they had the chance to do it when he made his return. But that wasn't the case. He returned. He was a jobber. But out of nowhere now, he's the next number one contender. Doesn't make sense to me. So again, good for Jinder Mahal. He's getting the opportunity. That's good to see. But I'm not a fan of it simply because this guy had sh has shown nothing for me to believe that he deserves this opportunity and that he's going to be a legitimate threat to the world championship. It's, it's just not believable to me. Yeah, no, I mean, I think everybody was in shock when he won this match to begin with. And like you said, Brian, ever since he came back over the summer, and he's only had, what, two wins on television? He's just been nothing but a jobber. He was a jobber in his original run with WWE. This guy has always been a jobber for as long as he has been here. Uh, I mean, God, again, like you said, he's just not a believable opponent for the WWE Championship, for God's sake. I mean, it's a scary thought to think about him actually winning this belt. But, I mean, given this opportunity, you know, again, like you said, it's to expand on their Indian fan base or whatever. It's all for marketing reasons. That's the first thing I thought of when I saw him win this match uh, is that they want a figure like this for the Indian fans or something like that. They just want to keep expanding on their fan base. I get it from that aspect. But, I mean, come on now. You know, if you want Jinder Mahal to be a big thing, you know, give him a match for, you know, the United States Championship or, or the Intercontinental Belt or something like that. Give him one of the mid-card belts. That's fine. But the WWE Championship, really, it makes no sense. Like you said, it's completely out of nowhere. It's so random. And what the hell were the Bollywood boys doing there, for God's sake? I mean, with no explanation, they just show up. And here we are. What? We're getting a little faction between them now? We have. When's the last time the Bollywood boys were even seen on television? I don't even think, uh, with the exception of the first episode of 205 Live, I don't even think they appeared on 205 Live. So where in the world did they just come from out of nowhere? To me, the whole entire thing was a mess. It made no sense. And having Randy Orton come out, too, basically just says that this is going to be the match at Backlash because... No matter what happens, I don't think Bray Wyatt is winning back the championship in the House of Horrors match because they basically had the face-to-face -face with Orton and Mahal. So that's basically telling me that that's going to be the match. And even if Bray was going to win it, it makes no sense. He's not going to take the belt to Monday Night Raw, and we're not going to have a heel versus a heel. So it's obvious that Randy Orton's holding on to this belt, and we're getting Orton and Mahal at Backlash. But let me tell you, that ain't going to get people to go to that pay-per-view. And if you already have tickets to that event, well, I'm sorry. I feel really, really bad that you have to go sit there and watch that because this is just... It's awful. It really is awful, and I'm not invested in it. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of Mahal, and like you said, 
the fact that a week prior, he's almost taking out Finn Balor, and the week after, he's rewarded with a championship match is just absolutely ridiculous. So, I mean, like you said, I understand it from a marketing business aspect. They want to expand on their fan base. But again, this just should not be happening. He should not be getting a shot at the WWE Championship. I really thought it was going to be Sami Zayn or somebody like that, even Luke Harper. Uh, but again, Jinder Mahal is random. It's stupid. It makes no sense. We'll see where it goes. I hope this is just a one-off because I can't see this being a feud for the long term. Nobody wants to see it. Nobody's invested in this guy. He gets no reaction. Like you said, it's just random and completely just doesn't make much sense. No, it doesn't. And again, you know, I, I don't want to sit here and bash Mahal. Again, my problem is that he's not a good talent. He's a good talent. I like his work. He's solid. But my problem is they didn't build this guy up. They just rushed it. You can't do that. When you want to make, the, if you want to give this guy a big time push, and again, I understand why, for marketing reasons, they want to figure for the Indian fan base. All right, they want to expand their company, which you should do. You want to expand your company the most you can do. But they didn't build this guy up, like you said, Ryan. A week ago, he was on Raw jobbing to Finn Balor, almost took out Finn Balor for another couple of weeks. And then the next week, he's rewarded with a championship opportunity. I mean, it doesn't make sense. It's stupid. Again, they had to build it. If you were going to give this guy a push, build him up. Start him up from the ground up. Don't put him in a world title match with Randy Orton. Start him with a mid-card belt. Let him challenge for the U.S. title. Not for the world championship. But out of your mind, didn't make sense to me. So, again, a lot of people like this. Okay, I guess. I don't know why you like it. But I'm not a fan of it. I'm just not. I'm not a fan that Mahal is the next number one contender. In terms of Bray Wyatt, though, Ryan, I don't think you heard the news. That match is not a title match. Bray and Randy are not a title match anymore. That's a non-title match. So that match doesn't serve no purpose anymore, basically. So, yeah, that would, that would that they just scrapped that from being a title match. It is what it is. But, uh, yes, we have a new number one contender, and it's Jinder Mahal. Um, other stuff that happened on SmackDown... You had uh, you know, AJ Styles and Kevin Owens continue their build-up to their match at um, uh, Backlash. We all know it's it's not going to be Jericho winning that match against Owens. Owens is retaining that belt. Owens and Styles is going to be a great program for the summer. Those two have great chemistry together. AJ is going to be a great face. Owens is one of the best heels in the company. Should be some good stuff there. Uh, Charlotte beating Naomi, to me, was not that all surprising. Is she going to beat Naomi next week for the championship? I don't see it for this reason why. I think the rest of the women's roster is going to get involved. We're starting to see a little bit of a storyline where the rest of the SmackDown women's division has some tension with uh, Charlotte, specifically Natty, Carmella, and Tamina. I think they're going to get involved in that match next week. I don't see Naomi dropping the belt this early, but in some point in time this summer, She's going to drop that belt to Charlotte, all right? Charlotte is going to become champion. There's no doubt about it. She is the top female competitor that WWE has. Sooner than later, she's going to be the champion. But I like, you know, they had a good match. Charlotte won the match. No shocker there. Next week, though, for booking decisions, I think that the rest of the women's, the rest of the women's division is going to get involved. What happens after that? Who the heck knows? But uh, I want to talk about one thing, though, that has been in the rumor mill for... A couple of days now. I'm not sure if we touched on this uh, last week, but uh, 
the recent reports going around with uh, in terms of WrestleMania 34 and with SmackDown is that the plan is we're going to have AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the uh, WWE Championship at WrestleMania 34. It's supposed to be the main event of WrestleMania. I do not believe that right now, especially if Brock and Roman are going to be facing each other. There's no way AJ and Shinsuke are main eventing over Brock and Roman. It's just a fact. That should be the case, but that's not going to happen. But let's get into this with Shinsuke and AJ Styles. Today, April 21st, 2017, we are about a year away till WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans. That's a long time. A long time away. Do I believe that we're going to see AJ and Shinsuke Nakamura at next year's WrestleMania? I don't believe it because plans change all the time. But if both guys stay healthy, if Vince McMahon doesn't do anything stupid, then yes, this match should be happening at next year's WrestleMania. It's too good of a match to pass up on, Ryan. We all know that. Everybody wants to see these two face-to-face again. The non-independent wrestling fans and us hardcore independent wrestling fans will both agree that AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura is must-see. And there's no better place to have this match than at WrestleMania. I mean, just imagine. I mean, these two guys had an absolute classic at Wrestle Kingdom 10. If you have not seen that match... Highly advise you guys to check it out. It's on YouTube. It is one of the best matches that I have ever seen. One of the greatest matches that AJ and Shinsuke have ever put together. These two guys wrestling for the top prize at a WrestleMania? I mean, what a opportunity that would be to pull off. I mean, I could just see it right now. The story these two guys could put together. The build-up. The match itself, if WWE rolls with this, they give these guys the freedom to go out there and just have a killer match. The way they did at Wrestle Kingdom 10, it could be one of the greatest matches in the history of WrestleMania. I fully believe that, alright? WWE has the opportunity to pull this off. But again, do I believe it's going to happen? I'm not sure if I believe it because plans change all the time. Look at this year's look at this year's WrestleMania, this past one. The only match that stayed true from the rumor mill, you know, let's say, you know, going back to SummerSlam, the only match that really stayed true was Seth and Triple H. Everything else changed, basically. It was supposed to be Cena versus Taker. That didn't happen. It was supposed to be, uh, let me think, some other matches. I think Finn Balor was going to be in a big match, I think, with Kevin Owens. That didn't happen. There was another match that was supposed to happen that did not happen, all right? So I can't sit here and say, oh, absolutely, AJ Rishinsuke, that's a guarantee for WrestleMania. You can't say that. You don't know what's going to happen from now till next year. But again, these guys stay healthy. If you're Vince McMahon, how in the hell do you not pull this off? Fans want to see this match happen. Who doesn't want to see this match happen again? It would be incredible to see. Again, you know, me and Ryan will be there next year's WrestleMania, hopefully. Who the hell knows what's going to happen from now to then? But man... To see that they are already planning a Shinsuke-AJ match for next year is a good sign that Vince is fully invested in those two guys pulling off a great match at WrestleMania. But it's still tough to believe that when things always change on the fly. Plans change, people. It's not my opinion. It's a fact. They change. So hopefully, for the sake of us fans, 
things don't change between AJ and Shinsuke Nakamura. And again, if these two guys have their collision, save it for WrestleMania. All right. Well, if it happens at SummerSlam, I might be a little bit happy. But again, I ju- I will sit there and say, you know what? Yes, it's good to see them at SummerSlam, but they're better off at WrestleMania. All right. That's a WrestleMania match, not a SummerSlam match. That's a WrestleMania match. So I'm excited. I know it's early, but I'm excited that WWE is already thinking of this. But again, things can change. So let's hope, for the sake of us fans, that I want to see a classic WrestleMania match, that plans don't change, and that these two guys face each other at WrestleMania. Because we all know, Ryan, if these two guys face each other at WrestleMania, they are going to knock it out of the ballpark. All right, AJ and Shinsuke have that chemistry. Again, watch their match at Wrestle Kingdom 10. Even watch their buildup. It was so big that in the very end, it was one of the greatest matches you will ever see. Just imagine these two guys, weekly on SmackDown, face-to-face, building up a match for the World Championship at WrestleMania, man. That is too good to pass up. But again, we'll see what happens, but I'm excited and hopefully in the very end, they run with this thing at WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, uh, absolute dream match, obviously, to see AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura at WrestleMania fighting for the WWE Championship. Uh, that would be amazing, like you said. I mean, their match at Wrestle Kingdom was awesome. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's it's amazing. But uh, like you said, Brian, it's way too early to make any predictions about next year's WrestleMania. It's ridiculous when I do see predictions or uh, rumors about next year's main event or whatever. I mean, we just got done with WrestleMania 33. It's April 21st. How in the world could we sit here and believe any rumor about any match that could potentially happen at WrestleMania 34 next year? I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I also heard rumors that Brock Lesnar is going to hold the Universal title until WrestleMania and then lose it to Roman Reigns. I mean, are you kidding me right now? How in the world can anybody believe that? Like you said, plans change constantly. Just look at this year. We were supposed to have John Cena and The Undertaker. And what did Vince do? He changed his mind at the last second, and we saw a whole new WrestleMania card than what it was originally supposed to be. So you can't buy into any rumors. You can't get excited. I do think AJ Styles and and Shinsuke Nakamura are going to do battle in WWE at some point. I mean, it would just be a complete missed opportunity if they just ignored it. Uh, The fact that they're on the same show is definitely uh, intriguing stuff. I think it could happen sooner rather than later. But again, to to hold your breath about a match between those two at WrestleMania, uh, again, it's very unlikely that it's going to happen. If it does, great. Who knows? I mean, I could be biting my tongue at this time next year. And we could be having that match. But again, it's too early to tell. And it's too early to get your hopes up for anything uh, like that. So I do think, like I said, they will do battle at some point. Will it be at a WrestleMania? I mean, only time will tell, really. I mean, you know, I think Vince knows how big of a match that could potentially be. I I think he knows the history between those guys. I guess, you know, I'm sure AJ is going to be lobbying for that match. We all know Shinsuke wanted that match this year at WrestleMania. So I'm sure he's lobbying for it next year. Again, it's bound to happen at some point, but way too soon to be thinking about any rumors or any predictions or anything for next year's WrestleMania. Because, again, it's just unlikely to happen with Vince constantly changing his mind like he did this year, changing his mind four months before the big event. Again, it's way too early to tell. Who knows, though? I do think, like I said, those two are destined to do battle at some point. 
Let's see what happens, man. Again, if it does happen, that that is something that is going to be special to watch. Again, for those who have yet to see the the history between AJ and Shinsuke Nakamura, watch it, please. It is some of the best stuff you will ever see. So there you have it, basically with SmackDown. Uh, nothing else really happened. I mean, yes, the, a new attitude for the Shine Stars. They're now known as the Colognes, no longer the Shine Stars. Thank God. American Alpha, though, falling off a cliff. They have lost so much momentum ever since they dropped the belts. Hopefully, they can get gain back the momentum in the future. We then move ahead now to NXT. Uh, a lot to talk about in NXT. A lot went down uh, this past Wednesday, but also a lot went down at the recent TV tapings as we are now looking ahead to take over Chicago. That takes place backlash weekend. Uh, during uh, the episode on Wednesday, they did their next wave of TV tapings, and we're now getting a look at what could be the match card for um, TakeOver Chicago. For this past Wednesday, though, very good NXT yet again. Of course, the biggest highlight of the show had to be the return of Hideo Itami. Uh, Bobby Roode kicked off the show, cut another heel promo, saying that there's no other competition. He, he drove away Shinsuke Nakamura. Here comes Hideo Itami. No words. He first bitch slaps Bobby Roode in the face. That was awesome. Roode then takes off his jacket, about to attack Itami. What happens next? TKO. And Itami basically looked at the NXT Championship and held it up. Telling you that he's going to be the next number one contender. But spoiler alert, he has to earn it. And in the recent TV tapings, he wrestled Roderick Strong in a number one contenders match. Itami went on to win the match. So a takeover Chicago Bobby Roode versus Hideo Itami. And i got to sit here and just be so happy, so thrilled for Hideo Itami. This guy has gone through a lot in NXT. Most of them negative-wise. He was out of action with a shoulder injury basically for 13 to 14 months. He missed an entire year recovering from shoulder surgery. He comes back. What happens next? He hurts his neck. In a uh, little uh, incident, he had at a uh, live show with uh, Riddick Moss. Moss was supposed to power slam him. It didn't land well, and Atami missed more time. And now he's back again from injury. Hopefully, hopefully Atami can stay healthy because this guy, when he's in the ring, man, he is that damn good. All right, He's been doing this for a long time. He's had a lot of success all over the world, and we all know how big he could be for NXT. And we've been waiting for this opportunity for Adeo, all right? This guy should have gotten that opportunity a long time ago, but because of injuries, he couldn't. Now he's back, he's ready to go, and right out of the gate, he's getting that championship opportunity. That's awesome. Atami deserves it. Now, will he win the match against Bobby Roode? I just don't see it. I think if I'm going to do some booking decisions here about Atami's future, I'm convinced that he's going to lose to Bobby Roode. I hope he wins, basically, because I like Bobby Roode, but I like to see a change in champion. But I just don't see it. I think Atami loses to Bobby Roode, and I really believe this. I think after that's over, Atami is heading to 205 Live. That's my belief. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they keep Atami in NXT to do some other stuff, but I just think 205 Live needs more names, needs more talent, and I think Atami will fit them perfectly. I mean, just imagine him versus Neville. Versus Austin Aries. I mean, those would be some classic matches. That's just my thought process. But again, to see a Tommy get this opportunity, well-deserved. The guy deserves the opportunity. He's a great talent. The fans love this guy. It's just unfortunate that this guy has missed so much time because of injury. Hopefully this time he can stay healthy and just be big in the ring. Because he's that damn good. When you watch this guy perform, he's very talented. So good for a Tommy. He's getting the opportunity. 
he's he's back. He's on his way back to NXT. Not the same case, though, for Ty Dillinger. He's on his way out. He had his last match this past Wednesday against Eric Young in a steel cage match to end their feud. Awesome match. Dillinger got the win. Well-deserved. He needed to win that match. No better way to go out than on top. Uh, it was, of course, very controversial. Of course, Sanity got involved. Roderick Strong, Ruby Riot, Cassius Owen got involved. Very, very fun main event match. Dillinger winning the match was just the right move. You, you just couldn't have Dillinger on his last match in NXT to lose. It just would not be right. He didn't have a lot of winning success in NXT, but he, he deserved that victory big time. He got it. No need for, no need for Eric Young to, lose that, to, to win that match. Not going to hurt him. So, again, good for Ty Dillinger. He's moving on to the main roster. Hideo Itami back. Hopefully, he can stay healthy. I mean, other stuff that went down on the show, uh, you know, the women's segment to me just does nothing for me. I mean, I, I, you know, Ryan, I'm not impressed with either of those four ladies. I, I know Kay and Royce have been improving as of late in terms of their character. The in work has been okay. Uh, Ali and Liv Morgan, to me, they just have no future. I hate saying it. You know, I like both those girls, but you can just tell that they're not progressing as in-ring performers, as characters. They're just not going anywhere. And the women's division is getting deeper with Ruby Riot, with Kimberly, uh, with some other names that are going to be uh, heading to the brand pretty soon with the uh, women's classic coming up. The, these two girls are not are not going to be in a good position. They're just not. They're not improving. And at some point, I think Triple H is going to give up on them. He's given them enough time. And they've not taken that step forward. It's just a shame because these two have potential to be good, but they have not made any significant progress. We'll saw Andrade Almas pick up a big win over uh, Danny Burch. Overall, man, very good NXT. And again, a lot of highlights. Dillinger on his way out. Atami's back. And that's all you can say, man. NXT, you know, a lot of people are still concerned with this, uh, with the future of this brand. How could you when every single week they continue to put together very fun shows? Yeah, exactly. The brand continues to stay hot. Triple H does a nice job with that. Just when you think a bunch of people are moving on to the main roster and, and they really have nobody, uh, you know, here comes guys like Hideo Itami in. I mean, you know, again, NXT is always going to be on top. They're always going to be signing these top free agents. It's become a third brand, basically. It's no longer developmental. It is its own brand. It's its own show. Uh, again, that's why they're bringing in some of the top talent around the world, like Drew McIntyre, which, again, you know, guys like Drew McIntyre obviously have been around this business for quite some time. Obviously, he had a run in WWE. He doesn't need to develop. He's not there to do that like guys like Ty Dillinger were or guys like DIY. Uh, again, that's what he, not what he's there for. So that is why it has become a third brand, and it continues to stay hot. Like you said, a fun show this past week, a really fun main event, like you said, with uh, Eric Young and Ty Dillinger in the Steel Cage match. Good to see Ty Dillinger end his NXT run on top with a win. Like you said, didn't have much winning success over the years in NXT, but it's good to see him go out on top with the victory. He deserved it. And again, we'll see what he does on the main roster. I kind of fear it's going to be the same thing that's been going on with Tyler Breeze. Uh, after a while, I just think he'll just be lost in the shuffle. I hope I'm wrong because the guy's gimmick is so over. Uh, he's very popular. Uh, and he could be a good United States champion or an intercontinental champion somewhere down the line. I think he's good for the mid-card like that. I don't think he'll ever get on top, but I just fear he's going to become the next Tyler Breeze, and I hope that's not the case. But nonetheless, he deserves to be on the main roster. Good for him. 
Um, Hideo Itami being back is great as well. I'm a huge fan of him. Like you said, he's a tremendous worker. Unfortunately, just has a tough time staying healthy. Hopefully this time around he's back to stay now and he uh, doesn't get hurt uh, somewhere down the line because NXT could really use this guy. He deserves to get this world title shot too against Bobby Roode. I'm glad they're not rushing Drew McIntyre into that spot. Uh, it's great to see a day with Tommy fight for this belt. I don't think he's going to get the, the championship, unfortunately. Again, I feel like this guy has lost a lot of momentum. I know he hasn't been around, but this guy was red hot when he first arrived in NXT. And then it's been, just been downhill ever since, with injury after injury. And he's kind of become forgotten about half the time. I mean, I forget about him time to time. And then when he shows up again, I'm like, oh, yeah, I keep forgetting Hideo Tommy is in NXT. Because that's how long he's been out with injury. But the guy deserves this upcoming match with Bobby Roode. I think it'll be a great match. Uh, again, I really wish he would win, but I know he's not going to. And then we'll wonder what happened, what happens to him after that. Like you said, Brian, I do like your idea of throwing him in the cruiserweight division, having him on 205 Live. I think it makes the most sense. And at this point, with 205 Live being the way it is and the cruiserweights being the way they are, I think adding a name like Hideo Itami in there would add some intrigue and definitely get some more eyeballs on that division and on that show. So I do think that's a good idea. And, you know, he has, he has a shot to actually do something there and be involved in a major storyline. So I think that's the best place for him. But we'll see for the time being how long he's in NXT, uh, you know, ever since being back. We'll see if he can stay healthy, too. That's the main thing. But overall, yeah, I mean, like you said, NXT continues to stay hot. TakeOver Chicago looks great. There's a couple of rumored matches out there, which, uh, you know, again, Bobby Roode, Hideo Tommy is one of them. Uh, there's also a women's match and a tag team match out there. So looks good. Uh, it's going to be red hot. A couple of uh, interesting things happening at the taping. So next coming weeks, NXT should be pretty good. Yeah, especially next week, man. Next week's uh, show is stacked. Alish the Black is back in action. Andrade Almas versus Drew McIntyre. I wish they would save that for a pay-per-view like Chicago. Hopefully they have another match between those two guys because, let's be honest, man, Almas. I was rough on this guy in the very beginning, but ever since the heel turn, man, Andrade Almas has been killing it. This guy, you know, he's always had the in-ring acumen. This guy's always been good in the ring. It's just that he never had the character. You know, he could never get over as a babyface. They turned him heel. This guy, man, now has a character. He's arrogant. He's cocky. He's all about... He thinks all... I'm going to be completely honest with you, Ryan. When I watch this guy as a character, he reminds me so much of Tetsuya Naito. He has that same arrogance. And I just think that in order for him to gain more success on NXT, put a faction with this guy. I, I, I'm, they should build a faction with this guy like they did with Naito in Japan. When they added Evil, Bushi, Sonata, and Takahashi, they formed LIJ. I, I'm not saying do the same exact thing, but do some resemblance of that. Almas needs something, all right? He's, he's very good. He's getting better. I'm liking this guy a lot more now. I'm interested to see what he's going to do next. If you put a faction with this guy, he could be even better. His personality will be opened up even more. Because that's the thing. When he was a babyface... He didn't have a personality. You know, he, this guy just went out there and wrestled. But ever since he turned heel, he's more open. He's more charismatic. And now people are starting to dig this guy. Like I said, he's always been a good wrestler. The, the wrestling has never gone away. The character was the concern. But since the heel turn, man, this, is there anybody hotter in NXT right now than Andrade Almas? This guy has been on such a tear. And I'm looking forward to seeing this match with McIntyre next week. Should be awesome. But also next week... 
United Kingdom Championship is on the line. Tyler Bate, Jack Gallagher, going to be a great match. Those two guys are going to kill it. We heard some news during the uh, episode this past Wednesday that WWE is planning to have a United Kingdom show for the talents that took part in the tournament. They don't know yet what venue the show will take place, but there are plans of having a show for those guys. Am I a big fan of it? Not that sure, because I think those guys like Pete Dunne, Trent Seven could do some big work on the main roster for Raw and SmackDown. But that's the plan. They're going to have their own show, and we'll see what happens with it. I'm not sure what exactly it's going to be, but it should be interesting. But we then move ahead to the TV tapings. Like I said, they did the TV tapings this past Wednesday. They are the TV tapings heading into TakeOver Chicago. As of right now, three matches are official for TakeOver Chicago. We mentioned it before. Atami versus Rude for the NXT Championship. The women's title is going to be defended in a fatal four-way match. Asuka versus Ember Moon, Nikki Cross, and Ruby Riot. Here's what happened. On one of the TV tapings, they had a battle royal. To determine the new number one contender, some point in the match, it was down to Riot, Cross, and Ember Moon. And then things went haywire. Asuka came out. She got involved in the match. It ended in a no contest. So William Regal is giving those three girls the opportunity to fight for the championship. Should be good. What also happened in that match, and I'm as I'm so excited right now, Ryan, that this happened during the TV tapings because in that turn, in that battle royal, the women's battle royal, the one and only Candice LeRae made her debut, and man, I am freaking excited. I've been wanting Candice LeRae to make an appearance in NXT television. She finally did. From what I heard, she got a huge pop when she got eliminated. The people were booing. They were pissed off. Just shows you how over Candice LeRae is. And I'm hoping, I am hoping she is there for the long term. Because I definitely think the women's division needs somebody like Candice LeRae. She is an incredible talent. She's put together some great matches over the past couple of years, specifically in PWG with the guys. You know, she's had some good matches with the girls, but watch her work with the guys when you see her put together classics with guys like Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano, her husband, matches with the Young Bucks, you can you'll know how good she is, man. She is an awesome talent, and to see her finally appear at Full Sail in front of an NXT audience, awesome stuff. Long overdue. She deserves the opportunity, and I cannot wait for that episode to see Candice LeRae on television. She is a heck of a talent, so. But yes, Fatal 4-Way, Asuka, Ember Moon, Nikki Cross, Ruby Rye should be a good match. Also, the tag team belts are on the line. In a ladder match, Authors of Pain versus DIY. Now yes, DIY is still hanging around NXT, which I expected. I said it before. They lost the Revival. At this point in time, NXT just cannot afford to lose DIY. Now, yes, are they main roster ready? Absolutely. Ciampa and Gargano have done a lot for NXT. They've been tag team champions. They had classic matchups at the Revival and the Authors of Pain. But right now, it's just not the right time to bring them up. NXT can afford to lose those guys until they find newer tag teams to bring in. They have heavy machinery there, but they're not ready yet. They're going to be ready by the summer, but not right now. Team 61 is still out because of Shane Thorne's injury. Other than that... There's no other credible tag teams that can be legitimate threats to the Authors of Pain. There are there are teams out there that WWE could sign. I think Red Dragon 
would be a perfect tag team to bring in. O'Reilly and Fish are free agents. They're both not signed with any specific company. They're just taking bookings on the independents. If you're Triple H, I am going all out to bring in Fish and O'Reilly to reform Red Dragon. They would be awesome for NXT. But back to the DIY All There's a Pain match. It's a ladder match. Awesome. I wanted that match to happen at TakeOver Orlando with the Revival involved. Wasn't the case. It was an elimination match. They saved the ladder match for TakeOver Chicago, which is great. That's a good way to end the feud between Ciampa Gargano and the Ultimate Pain. Ladder match should be good. So there you go. The TakeOver card is sick. A Tommy Rude should be awesome. The Fatal 4 women's match should be awesome. Uh, DIY Authors of Pain ladder match should be great. And don't forget, there's more names that are going to be part of the card. You can't forget about A-Lister Black. You can't forget about you know uh, Cassius Ono, Roderick Strong, Sanity, uh, Drew McIntyre, Andrade Almas. There are two matches left that have yet to be announced. And some of those names will be involved in those matches. So TakeOver Chicago has a chance to be a special show. And I really can't wait to see what's going to go down in the next wave of tapings in the next couple of weeks. So next week should be a good show. And moving ahead to TakeOver Chicago, NXT is going to be must-see television. Yeah, and they definitely do have uh, you know a lot to build off of in the future. You know, again, there's a lot of question marks. We said, you know, I just said how hot this brand continues to stay, and it will always be hot. But uh, they need to get some serious tag teams in here to challenge the authors of pain and believable ones too to actually beat them. DIY, like you said, has done a lot in NXT already. Uh, you know, again, I, I think it's time for them to move on uh, to go up to the main roster, whether it's 205 Live for those guys or whatnot. Uh, I think this last match with them at this upcoming takeover should be the last one because how many times are we possibly going to see the same tag teams going at it? Uh, the Authors of Pain need new challengers after this. I think the next takeover is not until August, which is takeover Brooklyn. So they have time to bring in a new tag team here. Uh, it's got to be a believable one to beat the, uh, the Authors of Pain. But again, that's, I think, Triple H's next mission is to get on the tag team division because uh, it's lacking. It really is. And with uh, TM61 still out with injury, even with them uh, you know, coming back, I just don't think they're believable to beat the Authors of Pain. I don't think they're over. They need better characters. They're great wrestlers, but uh, I don't really think they have much to them. I don't think they're really popular. So, again, that's, I think, uh, another mission of Triple H after this. Uh, the women's thing is interesting, too. The Fatal 4-Way, we'll see where it goes after this. I still think that Ember Moon is the one to take the belt off of Asuka, probably at Brooklyn. So, we'll see what they do after that. But like you said, Brian, the takeover looks great. It's going to be hot in Chicago. You always know how great that crowd is over there in Chicago. So, definitely deserving of a takeover. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, and then, you know, after that... We'll see what happens as full speed ahead will be towards TakeOver Brooklyn. Uh, so I think it, it can only get better. Like you said, NXT continues to shine. But again, Triple H does need to make a couple of tweaks, uh, most notably in the tag team division. And it wouldn't hurt to get some more women in there for the women's division as well. Oh, they will. You know, with the upcoming women's tournament, they're going to bring in more women. They just brought in Candice LeRae. They have also, there's reports that Taya Trinidad made her debut over the taping, so she's going to be involved. And again, with the upcoming tournament, we're going to be see, seeing some other names. Kyrie Hojo, Io Shirai, possibly Tessa Blanchard. Rachel Ellering was also a part of that battle royal. She could be involved. Uh, Nixon Newell is rumored to be in the brand soon. Uh, you also already have Ruby Rye, Kimberly Frank, Frank Kale. I'm not concerned with the women's division, and I'm not concerned either with the um, with the main event pitcher. The only concern right now that Triple H should have is the tag team division, because again, 
They lose DIY. Who else is left to compete with the Authors of Pain other than Heavy Machinery? Now, I've heard Heavy Machinery is over with the fans, and that's big, all right? You, to hear that, that's a good sign that Heavy Machinery is going to get a push. And that's good to see because Tucker Knight, Otis Dozovich, good chemistry, good uh, combination of power together. They could be a good threat to the Authors of Pain. But after that, there's nobody else. I mean, we got to wait till TM61 comes back healthy. I'm not sure when Shane Thorne is coming back from injury. It was a nasty injury that he suffered. He's going to be out for a while. Uh, he suffered an injury back in January, so maybe not until the summer we'll see TM61. But after that, there's nobody else. And if I'm Triple H, I am scouting around the world to find tag teams. And again, I mentioned Red Dragon. They, I think they would be a perfect tag team to bring on board to NXT. O'Reilly and Fish are one of the best tag teams out there. They had a lot of success on the independents, whether it was in Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, PWG, all over the world, man. O'Reilly and Fish made a name for themselves. And we all know how good they are as singles competitors, but they're even better as tag team partners. And I definitely think with those two guys, they are very believable to beating Authors of Pain. I know, yes, Authors of Pain outmatched them in size and power, but in terms of the success and the experience level, O'Reilly and Fish have that locked down easily. Fish and O'Reilly have been teaming together for such a long time. They would be believable to beat the Authors of Pain from a lot of fans' perspectives. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. But again, NXT, man, I know I've seen a lot of people worried about the brand. I just don't see how you could be worried I mean, Triple H, I mean, yeah, they're losing talent. They lost Nakamura. They lost Ty Dillinger. They lost Samoa Joe. They lost the Revival. But look at the talent he's brought in. I mean, Drew McIntyre is perfect for the brand. A-Lister Black is going to be big time. Cassius Ono, you know what you're going to get out of him. Roderick Strong, you know what you're going to get out of him. Eric Young, Bobby Roode, Hideo Tommy, And don't forget, Adam Cole is... Is going to be on NXT by the summer. So you can't forget about Adam Cole either. He's going to be part of the brand as well. And we all know how great Adam Cole is. The women's division. Asuka, Ember Moon, Nikki Cross, Ruby Riot, Kimberly Frankel. And now with this women's tournament. Candice LeRae possibly. Uh, Nixon Newell. Kyrie Hojo. Io Shirai. Uh, Tessa Blanchard, possibly Britt Baker and Tony Storm. The women's division is going to be maybe deeper than the men's division. Again, if you're an NXT fan, the only position you should be concerned about is the tag team division. That is the one place where Triple H has got to find talent. Because when DIY goes to the main roster, which is going to be pretty soon, there's nobody else out there that can basically give the Authors of Pain a legitimate challenge for the belts Heavy Machinery is not there yet. Other than them, there's nobody else. Triple H is going to have to find other names to take part in that tag division. But for the future, for the brand, I'm not concerned whatsoever. They put together great shows every week, and they constantly bring new talent in. Every single week, every single month, we hear rumors that, oh, this person's bound to go to NXT. This person debuted in NXT. She's bound. He's bound. They're bound to be a part of the yellow brand. So, and Triple H is constantly working. That's why we don't see this guy on television every week. Because he is strictly focusing on building his brand. And if you're Triple H, you should do that. You should build your brand. You know, make it better than Raw and SmackDown. Make it its own brand. Make it the top brand in the company. And you can make a strong case that NXT is the best brand that WWE has. And they're supposed to be developmental, but they are the talk of the town. 
and they will always be the talk of the town when and if they continue to bring in newer faces. So I'm not worried whatsoever. I'm curious, though, about the British talents with this whole show that is rumored to happen. I'm not sure what is going to happen with those guys. I mean, like, again, I'm not that big of a fan of it because I think Tyler Bate, Trent Seven, Mark Andrews, Pete Dunne, Wolfgang, those guys could be even better on the main roster or even in NXT. I mean, Pete Dunne, this guy's a main roster guy. You can just tell that Pete Dunne is bound for the main roster. Tyler Bate and Mark Andrews, to me, are cruiserweight guys. They would be perfect for 205 Live. Trent Seven, same thing, could be a nice mid-card guy for the main roster. To see them have their own show, maybe it's okay, but who the heck knows how it's going to work? And where is it going to take place? Who is going to be commentating on it? There's a lot of questions that are going to come into play with this UK show. And who's going to be a part of it? You know, again, you know, those are the five names that we all know are going to be part of it. But are they going to bring in some other names like Joseph Connors? Uh, they had their relationship with Progress Wrestling. Are they going to bring in guys like Travis Banks and Jimmy Havoc and James Drake to be a part of the show? Tony Storm? Should be interesting to see what happens. But again, if you're a fan of NXT, if I'm you, word of advice... Don't be concerned. They are in good hands for the future with Triple H leading the brand. Yeah, of course. Like you said, with Triple H leading the brand, I don't think anybody should worry. He knows what he's doing. He's proven it time after time again, and the brand continues to stay hot. I mean, I have yet to see one bad takeover show, and that says a lot over the past couple of years with how many, how much talent they've lost and uh, you know, to the main roster, and they've just gained momentum quickly after that. So, again, they continue to bring the best names around the world in there. Like I said before, it's no longer developmental. It's a third brand now. It's its own show. It's its own own thing, basically. And, uh, again, you know, Triple H has proven time and time again that he'll bring the best talent around the world to make NXT the best that he possibly can. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, I don't know why anybody would be worried. Like I said, that tag team division is the only thing I would be concerned about. But like you said, with all this women talent coming in now and this women's tournament happening in the summer, I think the women's division is going to be almost deeper than the men's division. Uh, and again, you know, like I said, they just continue to bring in top names to compete for the NXT championship, to be in the spotlight. Got guys like A-Lister Black, Cassius Ono, Roderick Strong. All those guys, in my opinion, are capable of being NXT champion. Will they all become champion? I don't think so, but they all have the potential to be. Uh, so that says a lot right there. So if anything, the roster right now for NXT is overcrowded. I think on a takeover, you're going to have to have more than five matches because of how deep this roster has become with all these big names because you're going to end up leaving some some of these guys off of the takeover card. Uh, again, guys like Almas, guys like Black. Cassius Ono, Sanity, I mean, with only five matches on the card, and you already have three matches announced for the upcoming TakeOver, a couple of these guys, you would think, are going to get bumped off the card, and that's not right, so they're going to have to start doing something, maybe add another match or two for these TakeOvers to get everybody on the card, because that's how deep the roster is at the moment. So again, NXT is going to continue to be good. I'm not worried, and neither should anybody else be. And here's another solution that NXT should do if you're Triple H. Add another championship. I've been wanting that for a long time. They, they, with the roster being as deep as it is, they really have to consider adding another championship. I mean, look, you know, guys like uh, guys like you know Eric Young, Roderick Strong, uh, Alistair Black. Uh, those are three names that I think may may never be world champion. But just imagine those guys holding mid card belts. That is good enough. I mean, yeah, you may be disappointed that Roderick Strong may never be world champion. You may be disappointed that Alistair Black. May never be world champion. Andre Almas may never be world champion. 
But at least with a mid-card belt, they're fighting for something meaningful. They are. You know, you know how much you know how much Roderick Strong would benefit from carrying a mid-card title. Alistair Black holding the mid-card belt. Andre, especially Andre Almas. This guy is red hot right now. That he deserves a championship. But the only championship that he could go after is the world title. And we all know that Almas is never winning that belt with McIntyre on the roster, with Atami on the roster, with Strong, Ono, Black, you name it. Almas is never going to become champion. But if this guy held a mid-card belt, man, he can do some great stuff. So that is one thing also that Triple H should be focusing on. Yes, I agree with you. They should. They got to expand the shows a little bit longer with the roster being very deep. They need to add another match or two because you can't keep all these guys off the show. They're just too good to be kept off the show. And a way to get these guys on the show is that you can have a mid-card belt in place. They've been, they should have done this a while back because, again, going back to the older days, Ty Dillinger, Tyler Breeze, Baron Corbin, Apollo Crews, those specific names that never won the world title in NXT – would have benefited greatly from holding a mid-card belt. Those guys would have been bigger names. They would have had bigger opportunities to make a name for themselves. They couldn't because they were stuck doing wrestling matches that had no meaning. They never got their opportunities to fight for the world championship. I think a mid-card belt is much needed. If they continue to build this roster the way they're building this roster and it gets deeper and deeper... I think adding a fourth championship is necessary. It just has to be. Because, again, Ryan, like you said, the TakeOver shows, they usually do five matches, sometimes six. With the roster being as deep as it is, you need to add more matches because you can't keep all these guys off the card. And, again, a way for you to add these guys on the card is to have a mid-card belt because at least those guys are going to be fighting for something meaningful. So your thoughts, Ryan, should they add a mid-card belt or no? Yeah, absolutely. I've been having the same thought as you. I mean, I think you have to at this point. Like I said, the roster's so deep. You need, you know, something for some of these guys to fight for. Again, I just mentioned Roderick Strong, uh, A-lister Black, Cassius Ono. They have the potential to become NXT champion. But will all those guys become champion? I don't think so. So if you add another belt that could be another mid-card belt, you could put a belt around the waist of guys like Roderick Strong, Alistair Black, and Cassius Ono, guys who deserve to be champion. Again, you have to at this point because you know it'll just add more to the storylines. It'll add more to the takeovers. And like you said, it'll give something uh, you know for these guys to fight for because these guys deserve it. Again, I've been saying it for a while. I'm not sure if it was ever brought up to Triple H, but he should really start considering it with the way this roster is and how deep it is nowadays. Absolutely. So hopefully down the road, Triple H uh, considers that and he'll add a fourth belt to the brand because, again, with the roster being very deep, they got to consider it. it. It's definitely something that has to happen. Let's now move on to some other news going on. TNA, Ring of Honor specifically. We'll start with some TNA news, make this a little bit short and sweet. Uh, last night, if you watched the show... Uh, we crowned ourselves a new X Division champion, uh, and that guy is the one and only Low Key. Yes, Low Key, who of course had many great runs in TNA, and was also one of the great talents that ever performed in Ring of Honor. Made his return last night to the TNA brand, and he won the X Division championship in a multi-person match that also included Trevor Lee, Andrew Everett, Suicide, and the debuting Desmond Xavier. Big congratulations to him. He's a great talent. Great to see him get the opportunity. But if you if you follow us on Instagram at Royal Rumble Wrestling, I was not a fan of the decision to put the belt on Low Key. 
not because I'm not a fan of Loki. I like I like Loki. I think he's a great talent. I've watched this guy for many years. He's one of the few names that I first saw perform in TNA when I started watching the brand back in 2003, 2004. Here's my problem though with this decision. It's a typical TNA move in this day and age where a certain person, whether it's him debuting or him returning, the first night they're on the brand. They're rewarded with a championship with no story or no buildup. I mean, they've done this multiple times. They did it with Aaron Rex. Of course, Damian Sandow, also his name as well. They did it with Josh Barnett. They did it with Alberto El Patron. Even though, yes, he dropped the belt the next week, he still won the championship on his first night in TNA. I mean, I can't name how many times they've done that where either a debuting superstar or a returning superstar their first night on TNA, whether it's back or for the first time, they win a championship just out of nowhere. And to me, that just doesn't make sense. Now, I got a lot of heat for it because a lot of people thought that I was bashing low-key. I'm not bashing low-key. He's a great talent. He's awesome. Check this guy out. He's very fun to watch. It's not his fault. What I hate about is that TNA thinks that that's good booking decisions. It's not. It's just not to me where you have a guy that's debuting or making his return win a championship on his first night in TNA. It makes no sense. It's stupid. And what does that say for the rest of the talent like Andrew Everett, a guy that's been on on TNA television now for over a year who's been wanting to get the, the X Division Championship. He doesn't win it because we got to give it to low-key? Really? I don't care how good low-key is. His first night back, he should not be given that championship. Build him up. Let him earn that opportunity. Just to put him back on television and say, here, here's a championship, low-key. Congratulations. That's just lazy, poor booking on the part of TNA. And that's why they are where they are. Because they make stupid booking decisions like that. It's stupid. It's It's like Drew Galloway coming back to WWE on the main roster. First night back, he's the Intercontinental Champion. Now, yes, us hardcore fans will love it because we love Drew Galloway like we love Low-Key. But at the same time, when you think about it, it makes no sense. It's stupid. So, again, you know, again, congratulations, Low-Key, on the win. Uh, TNA is starting to get some better talent on their roster. Desmond Xavier is a great addition. I've heard some rumors that they might go after the OI4K faction, which means they'll bring in Jake and Dave Chris, maybe Sammy Callahan. That would be pretty cool to see. Um... They got some other guys coming. Desmond Xavier is a great addition to the X Division. Low-key's back. But, again, that's the type of stuff that I hate that TNA does. I mean, first night on the show, whether it's a return or a debut, they get to the, they get to win a championship without no storytelling, without no buildup. Just out of nowhere, you're the champion. Just like that. Makes no sense to me. That I just hate that about TNA. That's not good business to me. I'm not sure what the end goal is. I'm not sure if they want to put themselves out there. They want to make a name for themselves. I get that, if that's the case, but again, it doesn't make sense with your current storytelling. Oh, low-key's back. Let's just give him the championship. It's it's just stupid, lazy booking to me, so I'm not a fan of it. But anyways, low-key is the new X Division champion, and we'll see where TNA goes from here. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, I really don't care too much because I haven't really been invested into TNA in a while. 
Uh, I've always been a big supporter of TNA. You know, again, I wasn't the one that always bashes and hates on them. But lately, I just haven't had the interest to watch. I don't even know who was the X Division champion before Loki won it last night, nor do I really care. Again, this is what they do. Like you said, they did it with Alberto El Patron. Uh, they've done it numerous times before in the past. I mean, numerous times. Every time they get a big name in there, he always wins the championship on the first night to make a statement. Uh you know, again, I don't really know what to say about it. I don't really know what to make about it. I don't know where it goes from here. Again, nor do I really care. Uh, you know, TNA just hasn't interested me in a while. I think they're headed in the right direction with the Jarrett's back in control. No more Dixie Carter, thank God. So it can only get better. It really can't get much worse. Um, I heard Matt Seidel is returning tonight at the tapings. Uh, they're doing more tapings over the weekend, including tonight. So we'll see where it goes. But I just have not been invested into TNA in a while. I did turn it on last night. Why was Loki wearing a suit, first of all? I was very, very confused to see him come out in a suit and a tie, basically. Uh, and then winning the championship. Very, very confusing stuff. EC3 is now a heel again, costing James Storm the world title. Uh, to me, it's just, again, it, it's just not something that interests me anymore. It really doesn't. I've seen these things numerous times before. Uh, TNA is just, it is what it is. I really don't know what to make of it, and I don't really know what the future holds for it either. So, uh, again, it, it is what it is at this point. It doesn't shock me to see them give the belt to Loki on his first night back. Uh, moving on to Ring of Honor, of course. Uh, Ring of Honor... Uh is now focusing uh, on their War of the Worlds tour, which will be happening in May. Uh, I believe there's three separate shows, one in Toronto, one in Dearborn, Michigan, the other one in uh, New York City, and that's where I will be. Yes, I'm announcing right now that I will be in attendance for the War of, War of the Worlds pay-per-view uh, for Ring of Honor May the 12th at the Hammerstein Ballroom. I'm excited for that, but this is an interesting show, Ryan, because we are going to see a lot of faces come over from New Japan Pro Wrestling to take part on the tour, and for the past couple of days... During this week, Ring of Honor has announced which certain names are going to be a part of this tour. Now, in terms of Kenny Omega, yes, he's going to be a part of the tour. But for us fans in the United States, we unfortunately are not going to be seeing Kenny Omega. He's still having the visa issue where he's not even allowed to be in the United States for some odd reason. He doesn't have a visa for the United States, so he can't take any bookings whatsoever. In any wrestling shows in the United States, he's doing stuff, of course, in Japan, in his hometown of Canada, where he'll be. Yes, if you want if you want to know where Kenny Omega will be during the World Awards Tour, he will be at the uh, show in Toronto where he will team up with uh, the Young Bucks. They'll take on uh, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Should be a good matchup, but unfortunately for a fan like myself who wants to meet Kenny Omega so bad and, watch, and wants to see him perform live... We're not going to see that anytime soon as he still has this visa issue, which is to me is ridiculous. I think it's stupid that you know he, he can't be in the United States because of a visa issue. It's not not cool. And it sucks for the fans in the United States that want to see this guy perform live. I, I know he's frustrated about it because I think he wants to perform in the United States. But uh, it is what it is. But the, the, the few names that are going to be a part of this tour, pretty damn good names. You start off with uh, Tetsuya Naito and, and Kushida. Right out of the gate, two huge names. Tetsuya Naito is one of the absolute best best wrestlers in the world. If you have not watched this guy, check him out. He's fun to watch. Uh, Kushida, who has made a lot of appearances in Ring of Honor. No shocker there that he will be appearing at this tour. You also have uh, Evil, who is a part of the LIJ faction with Naito, along with Hiroki Goto. And speaking of LIJ, other guys, Bushi and Sonata, 
will also be a part of the tour. Kind of weird that Takahashi, the other member of LIJ, not announced yet for the tour. I'm not sure if they're done announcing names, but as of right now, to this day, Takahashi not scheduled to take part of the World of Wars tour, which is just odd because the rest of the faction is. Why not Takahashi? Very confusing. And Hiroshi Tanahashi as well will also be in the tour along with Gato. And when you think you see Gato, you think you see Okada, but also like Takahashi, Okada has yet to be announced for the tour. So some confusing stuff there. You would think some of these other guys would be a part of it. But still, you got to be excited to see Naito, Tanahashi, uh, Kushida, Goto. Some big names over from New Japan Pro Wrestling are going to be in this tour. So I'm looking forward to it. They have yet to announce any major matches on the uh, pay-per-view at, at New York. But I'm excited to be part of the show, man. And uh, it's good to see that Ring of Honor is having this show, having this tour, getting the opportunity to showcase the Japanese talents that go along with their current roster. So should be a fun show, man. I'm looking forward to it. May the 12th at the Hammerstein Ballroom. War of the Worlds pay-per-view. It should be a good one. Yeah, definitely. With the names that have been announced so far for, you know, most notably the New Japan guys, it looks great. Still waiting for a couple more names. I hope they're not finished because, again, it would just be completed with Okada, like you said, Takahashi. Uh, it would just be great. To me, it's so stupid because, you know, Ring of uh, Ring of Honor and New Japan have this relationship. I feel like every New Japan star should be at the War of the Worlds tour, just like almost every Ring of Honor star was involved in the, uh, you know, the Honor Rising shows back in February for New Japan. So, to me, it's just, it's so frustrating how they leave some names out. Kenny Omega, man, I hope this guy gets his crap together and finally gets a visa so he can start performing in the United States. I mean, he's going to have to when New Japan goes to uh, Los Angeles this summer for the G1 special. Uh, so he's going to have to be there. I mean, you would assume he would be there. Uh, again, I just really hope he can get his visa thing sorted out and, and fight in the United States, for God's sake. I mean, I could just only imagine how hot that Hammerstein ballroom would be if Kenny Omega showed up. It would just be an unbelievable atmosphere. I've been dying to see this guy just as bad as you, Brian. Uh, hopefully, like I said, he gets it worked out. He can start working more dates in the United States because it's very, very frustrating. Uh, but the tour looks great. And hopefully the pay-per-view at the Hammerstein looks great as well, too. I, I can't imagine that it won't be. Waiting for some matches to be announced. I know some of them have been announced for Toronto and uh, Dearborn, Michigan. Waiting for New York City, too. So uh, it looks like a great tour. Of course, every time New Japan and Ring of Honor come together, it's always great shows. So it should be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, let's conclude the show with the uh, the weekend that will be happening, uh, the stuff that will be happening this weekend in wrestling, uh, of course, tonight. PWG Pro Wrestling Gorilla is holding their next show, Game Over Man. We'll save those predictions after we give our predictions for the two Evolve shows. Evolve 82, which takes place tomorrow at Laboom Nightclub. And then the next day, Evolve 83. Some great matches tomorrow night uh, at Evolve 82. If you're going to the show, Laboom, have fun, man. It should be an awesome show. So here are the matches. Uh, we'll start things off with a special challenge match, ACH versus Austin Theory. Make this short and sweet, giving the ACH the win. ACH is a much more uh, top-notch talent over Austin Theory. Theory still a young guy looking to make a name for himself. Should be a fun opening matchup, but uh, ACH uh, will definitely get the win in this one. Yeah, I can't imagine that he wouldn't be. Uh, you know, again, could be a really good hot opening match. Of course, ACH, he's doing big things in Evolve. Uh, so, yeah, I can't imagine that he's not going to win this match. All right, next matchup is a special attraction match. This is going to be a must-see match right here. Keith Lee, who has been red hot as of late, making a name for himself, not just in Evolve Wrestling, but all over the independent wrestling world. 
He will be facing the returning Kyle O'Reilly. Yes, Kyle O'Reilly is making his return to Evolve Wrestling, taking on Keith Lee. I know O'Reilly's coming back, but I'm not going against Keith Lee, man. I think Keith Lee continues his dominance in Evolve Wrestling. He should. I definitely think down the road, Lee will get another title opportunity, possibly versus Zack Sabre Jr. Should be a fun match, man. Good to see Kyle O'Reilly back in Evolve Wrestling, but I don't think he's going to be winning this match. Give me limitless Keith Lee for the win. Yeah, I think Keith Lee should win this match, but I'm going to go with Kyle O'Reilly, man. I think, you know, returning to Evolve, his first match back in Evolve, I can't see him losing, uh, you know, as much as I like Keith Lee. I think this match is going to be awesome. Uh, this was one of the matches that was almost enticing me to go tomorrow to La Boom, uh, but obviously did not happen. But it's going to be a good one. I just think Kyle O'Reilly is going to come out on top. Evolve tag team titles will be on the line. The champions, Tracy Williams and Fred Yehai of Catchpoint, will take on Chris Dickinson and Jaka. Give me the champs to retain. Nothing else to say. I like all these four talents, but uh, Williams and Yehai are very good tag team champions. They've been on a roll such of late. So give me the champs to knock off Dickinson and Jaka. Yeah, I think so too. I think, uh, you know, again, they've been red hot. Catchpoint, uh, as you know, as a team, they've been red hot. They've been really fun to watch. Uh, I think they'll retain these belts easily. All right, next matchup is a last man standing match. A match that has been being built up for quite a while now, going back to Orlando for WrestleMania weekend. Ethan Page, along with the Gatekeepers, will take on Darby Allen. This could be a dark horse for match of the night if things go the way they go. I'm picking Page to win this match. I'm a fan of Ethan Page. Been a fan of this guy for about a couple of years now. He's been on such a roll as of late forming this alliance with the gatekeepers. Darby Allen have not seen a lot of this guy, so I'm not sure what to expect from him. But uh, give me all ego Ethan Page for the victory. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, it's going to be a wild match because Ethan Page and Darby Allen have been going at it for a lot, a while now. Uh, Darby Allen, he hasn't really, he, I mean, he's trying to make a name for himself, but this guy literally takes the craziest bumps at every single Evolve show uh, that I've seen. He has literally taken some scary bumps. Uh, again, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. This guy, he's got to be more careful in there. I'm actually scared to see what happens with him tomorrow. Uh, but again, I think this match is being billed as the main event here. It's a last man standing match. It'll put an end to their feud finally. Uh, I'm going to go with Ethan Page to come out on top too, but I fear for what Darby Allen has in store. All right, next matchup is for the WWN title. Yes, the WWN has their own title. It was won over WrestleMania weekend, won by Matthew Riddle. So he will be defending the belt tomorrow against the former Evolve champion, Timothy Thatcher. Should be a solid match. Both these guys, very similar in style, but Matthew Riddle just won the belt. He's not dropping the belt to Timothy Thatcher. Give me the king of the bros to retain the WWN live championship. Yeah, I think so, too. He just won it. Matt Riddle is the face of uh, Evolve at the moment. He's the face, probably, of WWN. This guy is just awesome. We we all know that, you know, the talent that he has. I don't think he's going to drop the belt on his first title defense, so Matt Riddle for the win. And then for the Evolve Championship, Zack Sabre Jr. will be defending the belt against Drew Galloway. Yes, Drew McIntyre is signed with WWE, but he's also got some dates. He has to make up with Evolve Wrestling and some other independent shows. This is one of them. He'll be getting an opportunity to face Zack Sabre Jr. for the championship, but of course, with him in NXT, there's no way he's winning this match, so easy pick here. Should be an awesome match. Two of the best in the world going at it, but easy pick. Zack Sabre Jr. retains the Evolve Championship. Yep, easily. No, don't really have an explanation behind it. Uh, again, Drew McIntyre, 
signed to WWE, so obviously not going to win the belt here. This is one of his final Evolve dates. Zack Sabre Jr. is red hot at the moment. He's, you know, the face of Evolve as the Evolve champion. He's not going to lose, so he'll easily retain this belt. All right, then we move on to Evolve 83. Here are some of the matches that are announced for the show. In the Evolve 80 rematch, Ethan Page will take on Austin Theory. Page won the first match. I think Theory rebounds with this one. Give me Austin Theory to knock off Ethan Page in the rematch. Oh, I have a tough time seeing Ethan Page lose. Uh, I'm going to go with Ethan Page. He's red hot right now for Evolve. Uh, I just have a tough time seeing him lose. Moving on to two special challenge matches. First challenge match, Keith Lee versus Darby Allin. Easy pick. Keith Lee with the win. Yeah, I think so too. Very weird match, but I think Keith Lee will crush him. And then ACH will take on Xhaka. Another easy pick here. Xhaka's a solid talent man, but he's no ACH, so give me ACH to get the win. Yeah, same here. ACH, Red Hot, of course. Big name for Evolve. Can't imagine him losing just like uh, in the other Evolve show. And then we have a special attraction match. Kind of an odd match. We have Fred Yehi, who is one half of the Tag Team Champions, will take on Kyle O'Reilly. I don't have O'Reilly winning his first match back in Evolve, but he will most certainly win his second match. He'll beat Fred Yehi easily. Yeah, I think Kyle O'Reilly wins this one and completes the sweep of the weekend. I just can't see him losing any of his matches, especially since it's his first weekend back in Evolve. I think he'll kick it off on the right note and win both of his matches. Then in a I quit match, Matt Riddle versus Drew Galloway. These two guys have been feuding with each other for such a long time. And it's another easy pick with Galloway on his way out. It's perfect for this guy. To, this will be his send-off match at Evolve Wrestling against probably his biggest rival, Matthew Riddle. Should be an awesome collision, but Matt Riddle will make Drew Galloway say, I quit on Sunday. He'll pick up the victory. Yeah, like you said, Drew McIntyre, Galloway, whatever the hell you want to call him, he's on his way out. It would make no sense for him to pick up the win. Matt Riddle on the rise, WWN champion, he'll get the win here. And in the main event for the Evolved Championship, if Zack Sabre Jr. retains, which he's going to retain, we all know that, he will defend the belt against Leo Rush. Another chance to be an awesome collision. I love Leo Rush, but Zack Sabre Jr. is not dropping this belt anytime soon. I'm not sure who the right guy even is to take the belt off of Zack Sabre Jr. Maybe Kyle O'Reilly, if he doesn't sign with WWE, could be the guy. But as of right now, Sabre Jr. is going to be holding to that belt for a long time. Rush will not win this match. Give me ZSJ to retain. Yeah, it's great to see Leo Rush back in Evolve Wrestling. It's very, very cool to see that uh, him versus Zack Sabre Jr. has the potential to be an awesome match. Like you said, though, Brian, Zack Sabre Jr. is not losing this belt anytime soon. I, I'm not even going to be thinking about who's going to be taking the belt off of him because right now I don't see any reason why they would take the belt off of Zack Sabre Jr. He's going to have a long run with this belt. Uh, so for the foreseeable future, Zack Sabre Jr. is going to be your Evolve champ. And that's it right there. Those are your Evolve shows. Have a good time for anybody that is going to Evolve. Should be two awesome shows here in New York. But tonight, for those who are going to be in Reseda, California, that's right, PWG is back with Game Over Man. This is the real ultimate thrill ride. And there are some damn good matches once again on the show tonight. PWG just never disappoints when it comes to putting together some matches. So here's what we have tonight. Speaking of Kyle O'Reilly, he is in action tonight versus Michael Elgin. The original matchup was supposed to be Elgin versus Mark Haskins, but I think Haskins got hurt, unable to perform the match, so O'Reilly will take his spot. Toss-up here. It really is a toss-up. I'm just going to go with Michael Elgin for the win. Michael Elgin is just an absolute beast. He's one of the best in the business. Should be a, a close matchup between these two guys, but give me Big Mike to knock off Kyle O'Reilly. 
Yeah, it should be a very hard-hitting affair in this one, but I'm going to go with Big Mike as well. Uh, should be a great match, like you said, and with him originally being involved in this match, supposed to be taking on Mark Haskins and then Kyle O'Reilly just coming in out of nowhere. I'm just going to go with Big Mike because I think, you know, originally he was supposed to win anyways. So, uh, like I said, going to be a big-time collision course in this one, but Michael Logan, I think, comes out on top. In our second match, two of the biggest, strongest guys in the business will go at each other. Limitless Keith Lee, his second PWG matchup, will take on Mr. Athletic Jeff Cobb. These two met against each other at uh, Beyond Wrestling over WrestleMania weekend. This will be their second time facing each other. Give me Keith Lee for the win. I think Keith Lee could, could use this win if they're going to make this guy a big-time star on PWG. He could use this victory. Jeff Cobb has been so good for PWG as a singles guy, but as a tag team guy as well. Should be a physical, hard-hitting matchup between these two big dudes, but give me Limitless Keith Lee for the victory. Yeah, again, this one's a toss-up. Like you said, two of the biggest, uh, baddest names on the independent wrestling scene. I'm going to go with Keith Lee as well, but, man, this is going to be another uh, collision course between him and uh, Jeff Cobb, man. This one is going to be awesome. Like you said, they faced off WrestleMania weekend. They're facing off again here in PWG. I think, you know, like you said, Keith Lee, this is only his uh, second or third appearance in, in PWG. I think he'll pick up the win. Uh, next matchup to me is a possible match of the year candidate, a contender. I believe this could be an awesome match. Ray Phoenix versus Leo Rush, two guys that are very similar in style, fast-paced, high-flying wrestlers. Going to be an awesome match. Give me Leo Rush for the window. Ray Phoenix in PWG is focusing more as a tag team wrestler with his brother uh, Penta L uh, Penta L Zero Arm. Uh, Leo Rush, this guy, you know, his third PWG match. He's one in one. Just an awesome town overall, man. This is going to be a fun matchup. Like I said, it could be match of the year contender. Give me Leo Rush, though, to knock off Ray Phoenix. Yeah, I think so as well. I think Leo Rush can definitely pick up, uh, use the win here. Uh, again, like you said, he's 1-1 one in one PWG already. They love him over there. Uh, he loves being over there. I think you know he could pick up a huge win tonight. And I think this is awesome. It's going to be like one of the best matches on this card. It's tough to say because every single match on this card uh, has the potential to steal the show. But this one, I think, stands out the most. Next matchup, this is a big one right here. Tag team matchup. The Young Bucks, without question, the best tag team in the world, the best tag team in the history of PWG, will go head-to-head -head with the debuting War Machine. Yes, Hanson and Rowe are finally, finally making their way to the Reseda building. They are invading PWG long overdue. These two guys absolutely deserve the opportunity to wrestle at PWG. And they're going to win this match. I just don't see War Machine losing to the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks have been on such a losing streak at PWG. I think it continues. These two teams have good chemistry together. If you watched their match in New Japan uh, a couple of months ago, awesome stuff. War Machine right now is red hot. They're the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. They're on such a tear. I think they continue their tear with a win tonight over the Bucks of you. So give me Hanson and Rowe to knock off the Young Bucks. Yeah, I think so, too. They're making their PWG debuts, so it's only fitting that they get that started on the right note by getting a win. The Young Bucks, like you said, have been on a huge losing streak in PWG. Uh, it's really not going to do any much more damage to them than, you know, again, the Young Bucks are the most famous tag team in the world. Everybody loves them there, so another loss is not going to kill them. We've seen them go head-to-head uh, -head with War Machine numerous times before, but I think War Machine gets the win here, and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens after that. Moving on, we have some singles action. Adam Cole versus Matt Riddle, another great match between these two guys. I think this is the first time they're actually facing each other, so should be must-see. Give me uh, Adam Cole for the victory. Again, Matt Riddle. Focusing more on as a tag team wrestling PWG with uh, Jeff Cobb, Adam Cole, 
back wrestling at PWG. I think he picks up the win over Matt Riddle. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I'd have a tough time seeing Adam Cole lose here. I know uh, there's a lot of talk and rumors going around that Adam Cole could be on his way out and headed to WWE, but I, I still don't see him losing here to Matt Riddle clean, uh, so give me Adam Cole. Moving on, Street Fight. This could be match of the night as well. Chuck Taylor versus Marty Skrull. Again, there's a story going on between uh, Saber and Skrull against uh, uh, Chuck Taylor and uh, Trent Beretta. Very good story going on PWG. So it continues tonight with this street fight. Give me Chuck Taylor for the victory. Uh, I'm interested to see how Marty Skrull fares in a street fight. I've never seen Marty f- uh, wrestle in these types of matches. Chuck Taylor is born to do this. He's done so many of these types of matches. He has the advantage. Maybe Skrull wins because of interference from Zack Sabre Jr., but give me Chuck Taylor to knock off Marty Skrull. Yeah, it's interesting to see a street fight here. I really haven't seen many stipulation matches at PWG shows like this. So, uh, like you said, to see Marty Skrull in a match like this, we have not really seen him involved in a gimmick match such as uh, this. So it'll be interesting to see how he fares against Chuck Taylor. But I'm going to go with Marty Skrull to pick up the win, but uh, we'll see what happens. And I think this is the main event. I'm not so sure, but the last match on the card, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Dick Togo. Not for the PWG Championship. It's a non-title match, so probably not going to be the main event. Uh, easy pick. Sabre Jr. gets the win here. He's the he's the best that PWG has right now. He's the world champion. Dick Togo making his return should be cool to see, but Sabre Jr. Get, gets the win easily. Yeah, I think so, too. Again, he's the champ. Uh, it's weird that it's not a title match, but then again, uh, I just don't see Zack Sabre Jr. winning, uh, losing, whether it's a title match or not. So uh, he's the guy in PWG. He's the champ. He'll win this match. That happens tonight, and then the next show for PWG will, ha- will take place May the 19th, about a month from now. It's called Head Like a Coal. Very interesting uh uh, name for this show, but again, another good card. Keith Lee versus Trevor Lee. Shane Strickland in his second PWG match will take on Michael Elgin. Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish reunite Red Dragon together to take on the Chosen Bros. Jeff Cobb and Matthew Riddle. Leo Rush will take on Mark Haskins. Sammy Callahan versus Adam Cole. The Young Bucks will take on Ray Phoenix and Penta L0M. For the PWG World Tag Team titles. And Trent Beretta will face Zack Sabre Jr., for the PWG World Title, big, big show, May the 19th, Head Like a Coal. Please check it out. So there you go, people, uh, with the PWG predictions, the predictions for this weekend. But before we let you guys go, we have a special announcement to make. If you follow the uh, Instagram page, at Royal Rainbow Wrestling, I teased on the, sh- on the page that next week we are having a special guest joining us. And right now we're going to reveal who that special guest is. This is a guy I've been wanting to talk to for a little bit now. Uh, ever since I've been watching this guy for the past couple of years, he has been one of my favorites to watch. I think he's truly one of the most underrated performers in the business today. Um, you know, He right now currently wrestles for Evolve Wrestling. He's actually wrestling at Evolve this weekend. Uh, he's also wrestled before in PWG and some other major independent wrestling promotions. He's a former tag team wrestler. Uh, but right now, he's been awesome as a singles guy. And the guy I'm talking about is All Ego Ethan Page. That's right, people. Ethan Page will be on the podcast next week. We'll be interviewing the man they call the man he calls himself All Ego. I'm excited for this. You know, again, I've been watching this guy for a couple of years now, ever since he debuted in PWG with uh, his former tag team partner, Josh Alexander. They were once known as uh, uh, Monster Mafia, very fun tag team. But Ethan Page right now is making a name for himself as a singles guy. 
And he's had some great matches in the past with some big names. You go on his YouTube page, he's wrestled guys like Kevin Owens, Giant Gargano, uh, some other big names on the independent circuit. He's wrestled the Young Bucks before. He is an experienced guy. I was, I was able to get a hold of him this morning. He's down to do the interview. So very excited to get this guy on the show next week. Uh, this will be our third interview for you guys to listen to. We've already uh, interviewed Dave Chris before and Scorpio Sky, but I'm interested in this one, man. Ethan Page's guy I've been wanting to talk to for a while, and this should be an awesome interview. So next week, guys, Thursday, not Friday, Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, it's your radio.com. The Royal Ramble Podcast will be interviewing the one and only All Ego Ethan Page. Ryan, quick thoughts. Hats off to you, Brian. That's my quick thought right there. Hats off to you for getting this done, for talking to Ethan Page, getting him to come on the show. It's going to be awesome to get to talk to him. He's one of the biggest names in independent wrestling right now. He's on the rise. And especially after this upcoming weekend, like we just mentioned, tomorrow and Sunday, he's got two big matches in Evolve Wrestling. We'll see what the outcomes of those matches are going to be. But either way, we're going to talk to him next week about it. So very, very cool stuff. Like I said, hats off to you, Brian, for getting it done. And I look forward to it. Yeah, it should be a fun interview. So like I said, again guys next week 4 p.m eastern time here on it's your radio.com the royal rumble wrestling podcast is going to be interviewing all ego ethan page should be fun to talk to him we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff of course this past this weekend of course his thoughts on wrestling for evolve wrestling his history how he started uh some matches he's had in the past with guys like kevin steen and john gargano what was it like teaming up with Josh Alexander with Monster Mafia? And what his future goals are going to be? Who are some of his dream opponents? Does he have a dream of wrestling in WWE one day? A lot to talk about with Ethan Page next week. Should be fun, so please tune in. And other than that, we'll be doing some other stuff as well next week. Of course, our weekly recap of Raw, SmackDown Live, NXT. Some little recap, of course, of PWG. So the results of Evolve A2 and A3. And also next week, we'll be giving our predictions for payback which happens next sunday so tune into that jam-packed show for you guys next week ethan page interview recaps of raw smacked alive in nxt uh the results of pwg and evolve this weekend and our preview and predictions for payback plus some other wrestling news there's always news coming out of the wrestling world jam-packed show tune in next week guys again if you happen to miss us live on it's radio.com go out subscribe to the show iTunes and Stitcher. If you want to follow us on social media, on Instagram at the at Royal Ramble Wrestling, Facebook.com slash Royal Ramble Wrestling, on Twitter at Royal Ramble IYR. And if you want to follow myself and Ryan personally on Twitter, I'm at B underscore Cynic95. Ryan is at Ryan underscore Monorano. Thank you guys for tuning in, man. Awesome show. Have a great weekend. We will see you next week. Big show. Ethan Page, payback predictions. Please tune in. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'm Brian Sinek. He's Ryan Motorano. This has been the Royal Rumble Wrestling Podcast.